Have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? When I was trying to get this podcast off the ground, I had a lot of questions. How do I record an episode? How do I get my show into all the apps people like to listen? How do I make money for my podcast? The answer to every one of these questions is really simple. Anchor. Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. Best of all, it's 100% free and ridiculously easy to use. And now, Anchor can match with you great sponsors who want to advertise on your podcast. That means you can get paid to podcast right away. In fact, that's what I'm doing right now by reading this ad. I use Anchor in a simple matter. I take my podcast episodes, edit them in Premiere, upload them to Anchor and schedule them and set my tags and my description, all that good stuff. Just sit back and let it distribute to all the platforms. It's very simple and very easy to use and very user-friendly. So if you've always wanted to start a podcast, make money doing it, go to anchor.fm slash start. That's anchor.fm slash start to join me and a diverse community of podcasters already using Anchor. That's anchor.fm slash start. I can't wait to hear your podcast. Hey guys, it's Wednesday and you already know what it is. A new episode of Chasing the Frame. Today I'm with George Elias. How are you doing today, George? I'm great. Thank you for the opportunity. Now, before we get into the cast, I just want to thank you all for listening. And remember, if you are a Patreon member, we have different tiers to let you listen to the podcast from three days to a week early. So if you can even you so you can even listen to next week's episode today if you're in that top tier. So let's get to it. Who's ready to chase frames today? All right, George. Welcome to the cast. How are you today? I'm great. I cannot complain. I actually had a good breakfast. So, what was what was for breakfast, by the way? How do you say that? Pho, pho, pho. The soup. Pho. You know I, don't, I, mean? I don't eat pho. So pho, 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 pho. Whatever. The fee soup. Fee I know. I know. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean. Yeah. I know with noodles and stuff. Fee fi fo thumb. There you go. I yeah. smell the blood of an Englishman, but that's a different story. But George, <laughs> let's start with the first question <laughs> of today. Okay. What made you get into filmmaking? Like, what was the first movie that sparked your interest? Oh, God, how did I get Or first actor, whatever it was, um, TV show. Hmm. Well, I knew, I met a guy. I'm not going to say his name because uh, I don't even know if he'd be okay with it. But he knows who he is if he's listening. I'm sure he is. And he was a filmmaker, but he said that he hated writing. That was like the most tedious thing to him is he hated writing. He loved everything else except writing. And me, I'm a writer first, mm-hmm. everything else second. And so I just somehow through a conversation, you know, we were eating lunch and we started talking. And in the 48-hour film festival thing was right on the corner he was like hey what if we team up you write it and i'll direct it cool and we did this movie called the boss uh starred the late marilyn wyman if she rest in peace um and we did it under the crime thriller type thing and you know it, it wound up winning three awards and after that i was like hey this this was fun you know i enjoy it yeah and then after bringing scripts to other local directors mm-hmm. and people that i knew and after constantly being told no I was like, all right, you know what? I'll just do it myself. You know what I mean? Because yeah. it was always, there's no audience for this. How do you know? Yeah. How do you know? You know what I mean? I've, I've learned over my course and my time making films that there's an audience for everybody. Yeah. Like they're in everything, literally. Yeah. So I said, okay, why not? Let's, let's, you know, let me just see if I can do this. And the rest, as they say, is history. So what year was that, by the way? 2013. Okay, 2013. Are you originally, from, are you from Vegas, by the way, originally? 
No, I was uh, born in San Diego, California. So, so even in your earlier life in San Diego, when you were young and you weren't fascinated with films at all and writing, how that like did, how that start though? That's my, that's the main question. You kind of skipped ahead and went to where you were in Vegas. I feel like unless your well, love for w- film started in 2013, really in that sense. Well, I grew up in Vegas. Yeah, but well, I guess the earliest thing I can think about film is. You know, when you're a little kid and they ask you, what do you want to be? Yeah. You know, the famous question. Yeah. Uh, I noticed every kid kind of had one answer. I had multiple. Okay. You know, I'd be yeah. like, I want to do this and I want to do that. And I want to do, th-. I always had like seven things I wanted to do. And whenever there was like a play in school, I'd be the first one to be like uh, volunteer. Yeah. And I was, and when we would read like uh, books or whatever, I do like weird voices and everything. Like I, I was never embarrassed to be in front of people. Mm-hmm. And I don't remember the teacher's name, but the teacher was like, you know, maybe you should tr- be an actor. I was like, a what? I had no idea. Mm-hmm. And then I began learning what an actor was. And that was, I guess you could see my first thing in film that I loved was maybe I should be an actor, you know. But that didn't, I didn't really pursue it because I didn't know where to go. I didn't mm-hmm. know how to start that. You know what I mean? And, but writing, that's been since I was a kid. But yeah. I guess you could say since I was a little kid, yeah, it was probably when I started watching superhero movies. Yeah. I was like, I want to do that. <laughs> you know what I mean? I want to do that. And, and so, yeah, it started with acting and then it led to directing and so on and so forth. Awesome. Um. So then 2013, let, I guess we're going to jump ahead because that's when you really start that shift in mm-hmm. gears. So were you writing before you were doing all that stuff? Were you writing scripts? Were you writing stories? What were you doing in two, like 2000, circa 2013, I guess, in that, in that time frame? Mm, what was I doing? Well, I've always been writing yeah. since I could remember. Yeah. Um, I don't remember before five years old. Yeah. But my mom tells me I've been writing since I could pick up a pen mm-hmm. or a pencil or crayon. And I, gra- you know, like those little army men, yeah. action figures, I would make little stories with them. My mom was like, you've been writing and telling stories since you were a kid. So I had been writing for a long time, but I had never written a screenplay, mm-hmm. a script, if you will. Yeah. And that was that friend of mine. He was like, why don't you try writing a script? I was like, well, well how do you write that? Mm-hmm. And he sent me to he sent me to Google to, see, to read a couple of scripts, just to bare bones to see how they're written. Mm-hmm. And right there in 2013, it was when I wrote my first script, which was The Boss. Uh, so after The Boss, is that when you started Lazy Eye? Or how no. When, no. No. <laughs> okay. Well, what 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 happened after the boss then? Okay, after the boss, I, you know, the bug, yeah, it, it, it hits you, and you're like, yeah. I want to do this. Yeah, I began uh, meeting other local directors, yeah. and I took, I worked with another one, mm-hmm. and we did another short film I have called Liv's Song. Um, it, it wasn't exactly what I wanted it to be, but again, I wasn't director yet. Yeah. I didn't know shots and angles and mm-hmm. cinematography. I didn't know any of that. I just wrote the script. I was still, you know, I was happy with it, but I, looking at it now, I was like, I can do better. But anyway, going back, um, I did that. And then after that, I just kept writing sc- a bunch of scripts. And I began meeting all these other directors locally and who have just disappeared. I don't know where they're at now. But I remember I would bring my script to them. And I'd be like, what do you think of this? Let's just do this, you know. And I would get the actors, get the mm-hmm. locations, get the whatever that was needed. And it was always no, Flat out no, or there's no audience for that. I don't think people are going to want to watch something like that. I'm like, well, how do you know? Well, I have a question for you then. Like, where were these directors putting their material on? Like, was it YouTube or was it like, you know, were they trying to, were you trying to sell it to make money? Where, what? Let me ask you that question. Like, cause I'm kind of curious in that. Cause you're, you have, if they're saying like, there's no one's going to like that. If you're just putting it on YouTube strictly, that makes no fucking sense. Pardon my French because. YouTube is a plethora of fucking videos. Exactly. Or even Vimeo, too, as a matter of fact. So where were they, like, was it going on YouTube? Well, at the time, I don't think Vimeo was as, as I don't even know if it was out. I don't know if it was as popular as it is, mm-hmm. you know. I didn't know about it at the time. But I know YouTube, I knew about YouTube. Yeah. 
And I started telling them, well, let's just put it on YouTube. It's better than nothing. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then I was like, plus, you, I don't know, me, I look at it as like short films are fun to make. And yeah. I told them, you know, plus it gets you, you know, it keeps your skills going as a director. Yeah. You know, it, it sharpens you up, sharpens me up. Why not? But they just didn't want to. And their stuff was, a lot of them, I noticed they would film things and you'd never see them be released. Yeah, that's a, that's a problem I feel like I've seen a lot with a lot of things, just mm -hmm. in general. Not, I'm not going to say Vegas. I'm saying in general, like, mm -hmm. a lot of things where I've seen filmed but never really released. So, yeah. Like, yeah, it's a weird thing. It's like it's like people talk about this thing, and, like, you know, it's a big – they hype it up, they hype it up, and then you see a trailer, and the trailer, part of my French, also sucks too at the time. <laughs> yeah, it does. And <laughs> – I was I held myself back from cursing, um, yeah. And then they never release anything, and you're like five years later, and you're like, well, where was that thing? What's the point by then? Yeah, you know, because it's like the 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 hype is so it's so big, and you're just so excited, and then you completely forget about it. Yeah, that when you come across it, like, oh, it's got released. Oh wow, you know what I mean? Yeah. And then you're like, well, honestly, I forgot about it. What is this about again? You have to like refresh yourself. Yeah. And you're like, oh yeah, but the, like the excitement's gone. And that's one thing I don't get about a lot of a lot of filmmakers, mm -hmm. even locally. That's okay; you don't have to agree. I, no, I'll, I, I I agree I'll with you. I, I, you know, I you can vent. This is a place to vent, by the way. So hey. if you have anything to talk about, like this, we're gonna get down to the nitty gritty. I just want the truth from people. So that if you're gonna complain about things or vent about things, <laughs> I don't really complain, but vent about shit, you can, man. And this is, and I understand because I have I have qualms with you know the. Community the film here. community, yes. And we'll talk about that maybe li and later on in the podcast. Let's get about you first before mm -hmm. we get to that problem and issue, pressing issue. Yeah, yeah. So. so, yeah, basically it was they just, they would film stuff. It would never come out. Yeah. Um, and the few things they would release, uh, I would find the holes in the storytelling. Yeah. But, again, I wasn't a director yet. I didn't know visually. Now when I've seen, when I remember that, you know, and mm -hmm. if I'm able to find it, now, what I know now, I'm like, wow, they're, you know, the, the camera's really off. There's a lot of digital noise. It's yeah. really shaky. You know, like, the guy's all the way on the left. Yeah. And there's nothing over here, like this empty space. Like, what are you trying to tell with this story? Yeah. And I'm like, I mean, my story wasn't Shakespeare, but, you know, it had some kind of linear storytelling to yeah. it. It's like, you know, and but I think, it, there's a, uh, I think it had a lot to do with ego. Yeah. Because, again, my first film, if you will, like, foray into film mm -hmm. was The Boss. And imagine it's my first attempt, and it won three awards. Yeah, you know, best use of that's uh, a big thing. Yeah, best use of, of character, most improved director, and best actress, two thousand thirteen. Yeah. It's like, I think that might have made people think like, oh, you know, his head got big and he's full of himself. But it wasn't that I was arrogant. I was green. I was happy. Yeah, and I was like, dude, like, I helped this one director who had never won anything. He even used to tell me, you know. He's like, thanks to you, like, I have my first awards on my wall. It's like, yeah. great, let me help somebody else then. Yeah. You know, this is fun. Like, yeah. I thought film, I still think film is fun. I don't understand why people find it so tedious. I'm like, if you find it tedious and, like. Why are you in it? Yeah, if it's yeah. such a problem to you, don't do it then. Yeah. The, no, moment, the moment it stops being fun, stop. Yeah. And that's in anything. You know what I mean? That, no, it's true. It's like, a, like, you know, that whole thing where you're in job, like, the job. It's not a job. It's, or what's that fucking phrase where it's like. It's not a job if you're not enjoying it. It's a job if you're enjoying it. Wait, it's your career if you're enjoying it and just loving it every day, but it's a job if you're, like, dreading it, I think, right? Is that the... I, I know what you mean. Yeah. I, I, it, it's not, I'm saying it wrong, probably. but You're I, wording it differently, but I know what you mean, yeah. basically. You know, it's like when you love what you do, you'll never work 
yeah, a day th- in your life, you. basically. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's true. And it's like, I see a lot of these filmmakers, they're like, oh, I haven't made a million dollars, you yeah. know, with my first film. Nobody does. No. That's Unless it. you're born into a rich family, no one does. Yeah. You know what I Unless mean? Unless you get really lucky too. I mean, it's it's luck also. This whole, the like we my friend Brian was on the podcast about a couple of weeks ago and he's a producer mm-hmm. and he said he even said it, like the film <coughs> industry in general to sell your films is tough. Very. So it's more or less you're kind of screwed in making films, basically he said. To make money back. Oh no, yeah, it is. It really is. But but if you love what you're doing, see here's the way I look at it. Money will come. No matter what, money will come. But the thing is, you know, you have to love what you do first. Yeah. You know what I mean? Work on yourself, work on who you are, getting people to know who you are. Because it, it this at the end of the day, this is similar to most jobs, things like that, in the sense of like, let's say you go and apply for, I don't know, a cooking position or it's something in the hospital or whatever, right? If there is nothing on your resume and there's or no experience, why should they hire you? Mm-hmm. And it's the same here. Like, let's say you go up to this film, right? You're like, I want to direct it. What have you directed? Yeah. Like, what do you have? And if you have nothing in your past, and if you've only directed one short film, right? But let's say that short film has, like, it didn't even get any uh, laurels for, you know, it didn't even get recognized or anything. Okay, why should they take the chance on you? You know what I mean? Grow in your craft, mm-hmm. you know? And it, and it goes for anything, you know? Yeah. And I, do you know what I mean? No, I get, what you're, I get what you're saying. And so you are growing in your craft, no doubt about it. And so... When you, after those directors, going back to your story. Okay. Going back, um, so after those directors and talking to them, what happened, then you started doing your own thing? And how? Um, after that, I met somebody, his name is uh, Alfonso MacArthur, they call him Big Mac, I don't know if you've heard of him. I've, I've heard of him, um, I never met him personally, so I don't, I don't know him. Okay. Hey, know hey him. Big Mac, if you're listening. Yeah, and I met him, and, you know, we hit it off. Yeah. Cool guy, he's an actor, and. Uh, we had worked on a couple like photo shoots and things like that here and there. And then one day, just out of the blue, he calls me and he's like, Hey, they're filming this local film. Um, I'm not going to say the name of the film. And he's like, they need somebody, just an extra to be like a camera guy for the news or something like that. I'm like, okay. I know what you're talking about that, by the way. I know what movie you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. So he's like, would you like to, you know, play the camera guy? And I'm like, Sure. And mind you, I was working that night. Yeah. I got off at four in the morning, and then he's like, so I, "A little tired." So I asked him, yeah. "What time is is the co- the call or whatever yeah. for this? You know, what what time are we meeting?" He's like, "Oh, eight, uh, seven o'clock or eight o'clock." I'm like, "Oh crap!" It's like I get off at four, and I still got to go home. Yeah, you know, so I didn't even go to sleep. I just went home, changed into what he wanted me to, got like three energy drinks, and I went to set, and then we did the thing, and that's where I met uh, Shane. Okay, how'd you hit it off with Shane? Well, at first we. He was very quiet. Yeah, you know, he is he, a quiet guy. Very he's much awesome so. dude, too. Oh, yeah, great yeah. guy. Very quiet guy, and he's dressed like a SWAT team officer, you yeah, know? Yeah. Like he's, like, he's got, like, weapons and everything. So it's kind of intimidating, you know? <laughs> and then, like, we st- and then, like he's just staring at me. But the thing is, he was wearing sunglasses. So I'm like, is he looking at me, or is he looking? Where the hell is he looking at? Yeah. And he's like, how you doing, brother? And there's, like, this big oh. accent comes out of his, how you doing, brother? I'm like, whoa, <laughs> that's so misleading, you know what I mean? It's like... It's like you're looking at RoboCop, and he starts sounding like, I don't know, Andy Dick. You're like, whoa. You know what I mean? Like, this is so misleading. He's a great guy. Yeah. So, you know, we started talking. And then he was like, I want to do more acting. He goes, but I just, I don't know. He goes, I really haven't had the opportunity to do more. Yeah. And I told him, really? Well, I'm a writer, and I want to do some, like, I want to do some more films, and I haven't had the opportunity. 
So I was like, I've, I sensed that kindred spirit in he and I. He wanted to do more acting, but no one was giving him really that much opportunity. Mm -hmm. And me, I had all these stories to tell, but no one was giving me an opportunity. We started talking. Yeah. And then through conversations, he had mentioned how he had always wanted to start a, a film thing, but he didn't know where to go. And how his old buddy of his and him had come up with this thing, because he has a lazy eye, Shane yeah, does, yeah. and this other buddy of his uh, had a lazy eye. And they said, hey, it wouldn't be funny if we called it Lazy Eye Productions. Yeah. Right? And then he told me the name. I thought it was hilarious. And then I, and then I was the one that told him, like, why don't we do it then? Yeah. Because your friend's not here, you know, and your friend doesn't really want to pursue it, but you do, I do. And the way it was spelled, L-E-Y-Z-E-Y-E, -E -E, I was the one that came up with it because I'm half Mexican. And L-E-Y means, like, the law. Lay. Okay. And it was like the law, you know? Yeah. And I'm like, it's almost like we're telling, it, it, you know, when you, when you, you know, you just think you're unstoppable. Like, yeah, when yeah. you're first coming into this thing. And I was like, yeah, we're like, we're like setting the standard, you know, like we are the law, you know, <laughs> the end all be all of local films. Which the judge is, dread of local films. Yeah, exactly. Which is <laughs> way off. But anyway, so I told him and I presented it the way it was spelled. He loved it. Yeah. And then I was like, cool. And then we were off to the races and we started, as you said, yeah. Lazy Eye Productions. And you did about, I think I looked it up yesterday on YouTube, uh, over a hundred and fifty videos, if I'm mistaken, or is it two hundred? <laughs> I, I I think I got confused with your uh, George Elias presents ah, and, Lord. and your Lazy Eye stuff. Lord. I looked at both of them just to say how many videos has this guy done because I've seen so many <laughs> that I'm like, let me just see because like, I want to get the numbers kind of right and I totally still butchered them probably. Oh boy, uh, Lazy Eye Productions because there's a lot of stuff in the archives. Yeah, if Shane, if you end up hearing this, you know exactly what I'm talking about. There's a lot of things in the archives that never got released. So you probably have done... It, yeah, so yeah, it's, it's probably closer to the 200. Oh, wow, holy shit. Yeah, so, and um, yeah. <laughs> how that process work, by the way? I'm so, like, I'm really curious about that. How's that process, like, how that process work with you and Shane where, like, you just, did you film every day? Did you film, like, once a week, twice a week? You know, how, like, did you write something and go, hey, let's film today? Or, like, I wrote something three days later, we'll film it. And then, like, because, you know, it was just, I guess not inconsistent. I mean, it's inconsistency in the sense of, like, you're not releasing things on a daily you release mm. things in certain days how how is that process <laughs> oh lord uh i'm getting down to the nitty-gritty dude like, yeah. i want to know and people want to know it's your story how did it get to that well jeez my girlfriend can attest to this i have notebooks upon notebooks full of ideas mm-hmm my cell phone have ideas. My wallet has, like, I have ideas all the time. Yeah. Like, I, oftentimes I can't sleep. Sometimes I don't sleep. She knows this. Uh, because I have stuff brewing all the time. And um, there would be some days where I would just write down, like, seven ideas, no joke, like, in a notebook. And I'd call Shane. Yeah. and be like, what are you doing? Like, on the spot, what are you doing? He's like, nothing. Do you work today? He's like, no. I'm like, neither do I. You want to meet up in, like, an hour? He's like, are you serious? I'm, Yeah. And he's like, sure. So we meet up. I tell him where to meet up. Mm -hmm. We get there. And he's like, what are we doing? And I go through the notebook. And I'm like, yeah. uh, idea number three seems plaus plausible. Let's go. And sometimes. So you didn't even tell him the idea. You just said idea number three. Yeah. Wow. So you just like, you kind of Larry David it a little bit. Like in the sense of like how Curb Your Enthusiasm is where you don't have. You, did you have a script at all? You just had an idea written down. <laughs> well, sometimes what I do with some of my films is I basically only have a synopsis. Yeah. Uh, like of what's going to happen. And my dialogue a lot of times is I don't write dialogue for my films. I just write the mindset. Yeah. Like of and the characters. A lot of your stuff is I've seen silent from what I recall. Yeah, because a lot of times I've, I, I like to challenge myself to yeah. like, can I tell a story with no dialogue? And that's very important too. Yeah. And the thing is, I think nowadays 
especially in the independent world, after Tarantino. People just wanted to fill the films with so much dialogue, unnecessary dialogue yeah. at times, you know, or curse words at times, which is fine. You can use profanity, and it can be powerful. But at the same time, same with dialogue. It can be a film that is just dialogue-driven and be incredible, but if it's not the right kind of dialogue, it's, you, you get bored very easily. Mm-hmm. And... Um, and yeah, with Shane, a lot of times I'd be like, hey, let's go do this. Because Shane was just, at that point, he was really green to yeah. act. He wanted to act so bad. I wanted to tell these stories. And the thing is, before we started filming, like, I didn't have a camera at okay. all. I didn't even have, I didn't even have a GoPro. I didn't have nothing. And I can't explain for the life of me how I came across the movie called Tangerine. I don't know if you've ever heard of that. Uh, the movie that was shot on the iPhone about the transsexual or yes. transvestite, one of the trans... It's, it's something. It's yeah. a transgender, transsexual yeah. film. Yeah. Well, it was shot on an iPhone. I was watching something about it on my television mm-hmm. about uh, on YouTube because okay. it just caught my interest. You know, The movie itself is nothing special. But the fact it was done all on an iPhone. Well, it did win awards, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, it won two, I <laughs> so believe. It's so nothing special. No, I mean, as far as story-wise, I mean, yeah. it, it didn't captivate me. It didn't do anything for me, like, as far as storytelling and as character-driven. But the look of it, the sound, the fact that it was done mostly during, I, I don't know if it's Magic Hour, Golden, Golden Hour. Hour. There's I've, also another one, like, Blue Hour or something like that. Yeah, I've heard so many terms. Well, yeah. you know what I mean? Sunset, sunrise, yeah. basically. Ba- my favorite time of day is, by the way, because I, I work... In the morning. Likewise, t- likewise, likewise. And I, and the live shots in the morning are like the best thing when the they sun's are. coming up. That's all. Okay, fine. You don't even need a color grade. It's beautiful. I'm so just going live. <laughs> yeah. So the thing is, it's, um, it, I loved it. And I was, I was, I still remember like yesterday, I was sitting on my recliner. I'm watching it on my TV about Tangerine and I'm yeah. doing something on my tablet. And then they were like, oh, it was filmed on an iPhone using the Filmic Pro app, I believe, or something. And I'm looking, and I flip my tablet over, and it has, like, the Apple symbol. I'm like, iPhone, iPad. It's the same company. And then I looked at it, and I started looking up right there, and I was like, I didn't have any money on me. And it said, you know, iMovie is free if you own Apple products. Okay, it's editing. Sure, boom. And then I started looking that you could film on the iPad. And I was like, I'll use this then for the time being. Oh, wow. And all of our early films were done on that. It was filmed and edited everything on the iPad. And when I realized that the sound was terrible, I began to make them silent because I'm like, I'm not going to, you know, I can't fix this. I didn't yeah. know about sound at the time. And, and it's, okay. it's, it's, it's okay. Um, early filmmakers, it's, it's probably a proven fact. Mm-hmm. Early filmmakers have the worst sound in all their early films. I, I had, I, I'll admit to it. I've had some shitty sound. I've had shitty sound design also. But, like, it's a known fact. It's when, you, when you grow as a filmmaker – you're getting, I feel like you get better when you understand sound design more. You would think that, but some people I've met, they focus so much on just the visual quality of film. Mm-hmm. You know, like, oh, it has to be 4K or whatever. It has to look beautiful and everything, which is great. Cinematography is great, yeah. everything. But then when you listen to the voice, you're like that, and you're yeah. like, what the hell did they just say? Well, the vi- I think the video is <coughs> like 30%. Well, the visual, uh, not visual, the, the videos. what? 30% and a sound is 70% of a film? Uh, yeah. Or something like that. But a lot of filmmakers overlook that. Yeah, well, that's true. And they do, especially now. Yeah. A lot of current filmmakers I've met, sorry to put you guys on blast. No, I know not. Basically, a lot of you, it's like they, they focus so much like, oh, I'm going to upgrade to this new camera and this one, and th- whether yeah. it's a Red, an Aurelex, a, a Blackmagic, whatever it is, right? Which is great. Cool. Yeah. It's great to have those kind of uh, cameras if you can afford it anyways. Mm-hmm. But focus on your sound. 
focus on your story as much as you focus on your visual quality. Yes. Because if not, all you're going to do is produce high-level, crisp, beautiful 4K crap. But the thing is, it's like focus on your stories, focus on your lighting, focus on your sound, character arcs, story structure, whatever it is that you need. If you can't make a film with good sound, make it a silent one. Yeah. If you're not very good at color grading or, you, or you just, you're feeling nervous, make it in black and white. Which... I'm glad you brought that up because a lot of your films are in black and white. And <laughs> I, what is the reason? I you told me, but the audience listening might not know what is the reason for your black and white films. Because but I did see some color recently. So are you? I'm colorblind. I know you're colorblind. Mm-hmm. I, I well, I kind of I messed this one up. But so you're color like you said, you're colorblind. Yes. But you're now. I seem like, like I said, ah, I can't speak today. It's been a <laughs> long day. It's okay, John. It's all right. We'll get through this. Write yes. it down if you have to. <laughs> Right. Um, Sign language. I can yeah. I can do it a little bit. Uh, I've seen you now kind of go to color mm-hmm. in the sense, like uh, what made you choose that now instead of going back to black, like being black and white? Because now you're, are you transitioning to color film? Are you <laughs> like? <laughs> let me ask you that. Cause uh, that that's great. This is great. <laughs> How did I get into introdu- to bring more color into my film? Yeah. Mm. I guess you could say you know when you want to challenge yourself. Yeah. You know. Um, I guess at first I made a lot of short films yeah, yeah. because I wanted to see if I could hold peop- audiences' attention in a short span. Yeah. I feel that I've done that. And you're, I think you're averaging under five minutes, uh, like definitely yeah. under maybe three if I'm mistaken, right? Well, yeah. Well, I do it because a lot of people nowadays are on the go. Yeah. They're just like constantly going. Yeah. Those are finger snaps for those who can't see this. Uh, <laughs> I think they can. Ah, oh, there you go. <laughs> oh, there you go. Hi. <laughs> Hi, Mom. So um, it's there. There. Um, I wanted to challenge myself. And so then the thing is, I uh, everybody was so like into because you know color grading and yeah. all that stuff and me I'm colorblind so I was like crap that's I feel kind of out of this you know but me I'm a big fan of old school films yeah. as well so I was like you know what I'm gonna stick to black and white why not I'm gonna just it's just it's easier for me you know I mean my favorite show of all time is the Twilight Zone yeah. so the old one not the new one and it's in black and white I'm a big Hitchcock fan black and white a lot of his stuff so the thing is it's like I just wanted to do that now as for the color I. How do I get to this? This is hard. Damn it, John. Why did I bring color in? Well, I I began to realize that you could set neutral, neutrality, whatever the hell the word is. Neutral. Yeah, on cameras. And basically the camera does the color for you. It just picks up as close to what the human eye can see. Yeah. Right? Well, not what my eye sees because mine's really messed up. But so what I did is like, okay, I'll leave it at neutral. And the only thing I'll work on is contrast and the shadows. Mm Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'll just heighten that because that I can see no problem. Mm-hmm. Like, let's say if I film somebody who has like a, a black shirt, if I, you know, you know what I'm talking yeah. about when you heighten the contrast, when you have more, it makes the black really dark, like yeah. really black mm-hmm. or the blue really blue. At least I think that's blue. You know what I mean? So it makes the shadows and the exposure. So I'll, f- I'll work on that, what I can see. And when I started getting a little more familiar with contrast, exposure and things like that, that's when I was like, okay, I'll start introducing color in there. You know, that's why, that's why, because I've become more, as you can say, comfortable yeah. and more confident in myself with my, my contrast, my form of color grading, if you will. So, but yeah, that's why I started introducing color. Do um, also like, did your love for the older Hitchcock and Twilight Zone films, they, that grow when you're doing lazy eye and, you know, doing these films in black and white, did you appreciate them more? Did you like, you know, watch them more? Like how? Like, um, did it grow, I guess? 
the appreciation for those films grow, or were they always just there in general? Absolutely, they grew tremendously because we're in the di- you and I we're in the digital age. Yeah, it's great. Everything's saved on a little memory card, and you just pass you transfer to your phone. Done. I worked on tape also at one time, long time ago. Then you understand it even more. <laughs> yeah. You know, see, I was like, they filmed on actual film stock, like actual yeah. film. We have to put it on a light and cut it and tape it and all of that. And I was like, wow. You know, that was just, I, I grew to appreciate that more. Yeah. You know, 90% of us would probably be fucked if we were filming on film still, I think. Oh, yeah. In a heartbeat. Yeah. Because, because films back then, because really think about it, films back then, when you look at credits now. Yeah. A hell of a lot more people. Yeah. You, you know, know, but yeah. back then, one person did like three jobs. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it's like, and then the thing that I really grew to appreciate about older films was the, I guess the thought and the heart that went into them mm-hmm. and the simplicity of them actually, because yeah. back in the day, films didn't really have a big cast. If you look at it, mm-hmm. even if there was a, a lot of people on screen, the main characters were not that many, but they focused so much on storytelling that, you know, the characters, I mean, you know, yeah. story character structure and stuff like that. And that's one thing I loved about old films, you know, uh, the Godfather, they focused so much on Vito Corleone and his son, Michael. You know what I mean? Even though you had Sonny and you had all these other people, Clemens, all these other people, those two were the heart of it. You know what I mean? Yeah. The original Planet of the Apes. It was mostly focused on on the, the guy, the survivor. Yeah. You know? Charlton Heston. Charleston Heston. Yes, thank you. You know what I mean? And to a degree, um, Dr. Sayus, I believe his name is. You know, the I never really so saw the original Planet of the Apes. Oh. I saw, I've I seen bits and pieces, but I know what, I kind of know what you're talking about because I've seen the documentaries <laughs> on like AMC a long time ago. Shame on you. Uh, you know, watch it. Shit happens. You have to. It's actually written by uh, Rod Serling. Oh. But uh, the Twilight Zone guy, so yeah, there you go. And that's probably why I watched yeah, it. Yeah. You know? And it's even like the Twilight Zone, you know, like a lot of those episodes. With, with, with Serling, I learned that you could hold people's attention in a short span. Twilight Zone. Yeah. And with Hitchcock, I learned more visual thing. You know what I mean? Like the way he would, where he would place the camera was interesting to me. But yeah, you're right. I, I, I'm sorry. To answer your question, did it grow? Absolutely. You know, gotcha. Absolutely. And then um, what happened with Lazy Eye? So what, what, tell me the road to Lazy Eye or the road after Lazy Eye or what was next after Lazy Eye, whatever, however you want. Tell us. Life after Lazy Eye, basically? Or li- yeah, life, you know, how, what, what happened to Lazy Eye? Let me ask you that. How's that sound? Oh, man. Good question. Um, what happened with Lazy Well, without going into too many details, um, Shane knows, I know. Um, some things started to kind of fall apart. We started to kind of drift our own ways, mm-hmm. and... Some things were said, some things were done, but no hard feelings. Yeah. You know, we're good now. Um, and I I was the one that chose to walk away, you know. Um, I mean, I still co-own it, yeah. as does Shane. But that I even told Shane, I was like, if you want to make a film with somebody else and release it under Lazy Eye, cool. You know, you still co-own it. Yeah. As, you know, like me, if I did today decide to make something with you yeah. and release it under Lazy Eye, I could. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I mean, first I'd have to check with Shane, you know, get his blessing and, and vice versa. You know, it's cool. Yeah. Um, but basically after Lazy Eye was done, I literally sat in limbo. I didn't know what I was going to do because Lazy Eye was such a big part yeah. of me and who I was at that point. And I remember having some meetings with some local filmmakers and their companies. My girlfriend knows. 
um, they all know who they are. And they were good. They were really cool. They were nice. And they were telling me, like, oh, you know, would you like to team up for this? And, you know, I'd love to work with you here. You know, I can promise you this. And I can, you know, we can do this. And, you know, you when you feel, it's almost like you feel like the bell of the ball. It's like, wow, you know, like these people want me to join their yeah. team. You know, it's like, cool. But then I started thinking, it's like, do I really want to build somebody else's company again? Because mm-hmm. Lazy Eye, even though I co-owned it, it was... Shane and I, you know what I mean? Yeah. It wasn't just solely me. You guys are entrepreneurs in that sense. Exactly, you know, and we were a team, but then I started thinking to myself, like, d- is that the route I want to go? You know, like, because this person, all these people that reached out to me already had their production companies. Yeah. You know, and it would it would be me helping grow their company. So I started thinking, or do I want to just take that gamble and see if I can do it on my own? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And while I was deciding still what to do because I had, I turned them all down. You know, sorry guys, if you're watching. <laughs> I turned them all down and I went home and I just sat there for a while like, what do I do? And while this was happening, a good friend of mine named Isaiah, he uh, he owns Filmscope. Hey Isaiah, you know who you are. I don't know if you've met him. Isaiah Kane. Uh, I've seen, what was it? I've seen his Indiegogo or his, um, what was it? Uh, shit, I forgot what it was. Or maybe GoFundMe. Um, yeah, I, I never met him, but I, I've seen that. Because I think he was trying to do something at one time, and then I'm like, what the hell happened? Because nothing ever happened with it, so. What we, what we said earlier? Yeah. Yeah. So, he owns Filmscope, and while I was in that transition period, I had, I told him, is it, you know, I'd like to produce something for Filmscope, if mm-hmm. it's okay. You know, kind of like a gift, you know, because you've been really cool to me. And he was like, sure, I appreciate it. And I produced a short called End. I don't know if you ever saw it. No, no, I have not. I'm sorry. Oh, I'll send it to you so you can Wait. check it out. Basically, yeah. I produced it for Filmscope. But see, the thing is, I was like, well, what do I put? You know, because I'm not part of Filmscope. Yeah. But this is me, you know, my film. It's like, how do, what do I do here? Because I can't say Lazy Eye. I'm not part of Lazy Eye. I mean, this is not under the Lazy Eye umbrella, if you will. And it was like, what do I do? What do I do? And I'm like, well, this is me presenting this film. So then I just put, just, you know, for the hell of it, I put George Elias Presents, you know, in association with Filmscope, uh, End. And I remember getting, after it came out, a lot of good feedback. They, a lot mm-hmm. of people told me they enjoyed it. It's about, it's an apocalyptic kind of thing, okay. you know. And I remember a lot of people were like, oh, George Elias Presents. Is that what your company's called now? Is that what you're, is that what you're going under now? I'm like, uh, yeah, that's exactly what I'm going <laughs> under. So everybody's like, oh, I love the name. Man, how'd you come up with it? Um, and I couldn't, you know, I'm not going to sit here and make something up. I, it just complete accident. I was like, I don't know. I just wanted to put something there. Yeah. I just want to put like, oh, here you go. No, I was like, what do I put? So, and because people liked it, you know, and, and then my girlfriend hated the, uh, <laughs> the, text that i had because it was like see-through black and white she's like i don't like that she goes you can do better i'm like uh and i like this the weird cursive that i had found yeah the first one that i did and then i put the uh i put it in red because red's a color i remember remember that red's a color i can see and i'm like okay red and black there you go and she loved it i'm like there you go and everybody started telling me like i like that the red and black yeah was that on, did, did you mean to do that? I'm like, uh, yeah, of course. Which, no, I didn't. I totally thought you were going for the NWA, NWA Wolfpack. Ah, <laughs> yes. I remember. It's okay. There you go. Yes, I'm still down with it for life. And, uh, yeah, NWA for life. So, yeah, it's like, I, I, I got that too from wrestling fans. Like, oh, you know, are, are you, what's the Wolfpack? Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> but, yeah, and then 
George Elias Presents was born. Yeah. So right. what was it like being on your own then at, at George Elias Presents in that in that regard? Not having shame, like you're just doing everything basically. I guess directing then by yourself, act really because you're acting a lot of it by yourself too. Yeah, that's not by that's not by choice. Yeah. That's well, yeah. because sometimes it's hard to find actors out here because for those of you who don't live in Las Vegas, Vegas the whole 24 hour lifestyle out here people have very odd days off. Yes. Like when I go to other cities, it's like, oh, I'm off on the weekend. Like the weekend actually counts out there, you know, like in California or Colorado or what, or what have you, Arizona. Here in Vegas, people be like, oh, it's my Friday and it's Tuesday. You know what I mean? It's like, what days are you off? I'm off on Thursday and Sunday. What? You know, but. It, what days? I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or some of the people are like, oh, I'm off on Monday and Tuesday. Yeah. Or I'm off on Thursday and Saturday. And then people are like, that doesn't make sense. Like, it, it does if you live here. Yeah. You know, I'm sure in New York, you know, also 24 hours and yeah. places like that, you just learn to work around it. You yeah, know, 20 especially in the news. And also, it's like a news thing, too. If you work in news, you're working like you have the weirdest days off, too. Some people I know have like Saturday, I have Saturday, Sunday off. Another guy has Monday, Tuesdays off. Yeah. It's a 24 hour lifestyle as well. Even in any any, any town, I think you it go is. to. Yeah. The so. news. No, the news. Yeah. You, you basically like you're a, va- so I, so you're I a vampire. I understand. Yeah. I understand where you're coming from. Yeah. A good friend of mine, Rebecca, she, uh. If she's listening, hi, Rebecca. She works for the news now. Yeah. And she told me, she's like, man, you're like a vampire. You're like, geez, you're up at odd hours. I'm like, it, it happens. Yeah. You know? But um, respect for that, by the way. Like, I, I don't know how you do it. <laughs> but what I was, don't either. Hey. <laughs> but what was it like transitioning to Georgia Lies Presents? Mm. Well, solo. Well, I kind of got the early start of that in Lazy Eye because there were some films, especially towards the end, for Lazy Eye, that I would produce on my own, mm-hmm. like without shame. You know, I would work the camera, edit it, um, fil- film it, and star in it, you know what I mean, by myself. Because Shane was either working, he was on other projects, or whatever. Uh, so I started doing it on my own, and that ki- I guess that kind of also was one of the things that kind of made me realize, like, okay, I can, I can do this on mm-hmm. my own. You know what I mean? No disrespect to Shane or anybody, I was just like, I can do this on my own yeah. if, po- if I need to. You know what I mean? Um, but no, when I transitioned to George Lice Presents, it was nerve-wracking. I'm not going to lie. It was nerve, like, as nervous as hell. I was like, oh, you know, like, yeah. are people going to get the wrong idea? And there were some, unfortunately, there were some people that once I left Lazy Eye wanted nothing to do with me. Really? Oh, yeah. They stopped following on social media, stopped That's talking crazy. to me. Why would they do that? I don't. I guess it's like, how do I say? You know, like when you see like a band, like yeah, break yeah. up, and like the the singer goes one way and the band members go another, and there's some people that follow the band members but not the singer, or vice yeah, versa. No, yeah, you're right. It's like you don't want to see something that you like split up. So I guess. Yeah. I I don't know. Maybe I'm giving myself too much credit, but no. But I understand. I mean, I, I mean, that's kind of. Uh, I feel like that's childish too for people doing that because, I I know you guys are you guys are a team, but at the same time. You know, give 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 yourself or give you know they should give you some credit in the sense of like let's give George a, a, sh- a chance by himself and let's see what he can do by himself. You know, mm-hmm. what I mean, I mean, shit happens. You know, people break up all the time. You know, bands break up all the time. I mean, you know, shit like that. Yeah. So I mean, I think that's childish that people stop following you just because you guys broke up. Yeah. Well, you know, I I, I hold no ill will to them. I'm just like yeah. well, you know that's fine, uh, cool. You know, there's those people that. 
that love Shane's solo stuff. Yeah. You know, and there's people that love my solo stuff. There's people that only like Lazy Eye. Yeah. And there's those ones I've met that followed everything. Uh, let me ask you this also. Is is Lazy Eye and George Elias Presents, is it like... Oops. <laughs> I'm sorry, my headphones. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> all Go good. Ahead. Is... Um, how do I say this? Is it different types of movie? Like, are they different types? Or are they like because you kind of have an avant garde, <coughs> I guess, approach to things as in the Rod Sterling's. And I mean, it's not that's not avant garde, but like Rod Sterling and you know Hitchcock being major influences in your in your films. It, they don't they don't really style wise are they different? You know what I mean? Like, do you feel they're different from each other? Like, Lazy Eye has a certain style to George Elias presents. Oh yeah. Oh okay. Oh no, yeah, they're definitely a different style. Um, with Lazy Eye, I was, I wanted to, how do I say this to, to make sense out of it? That's sounding pretentious. I wanted to, I guess you could say, how do I put it? For lack of a better word, captivate the audience. Like mm-hmm. I wanted to just like, like I wanted to get their attention. Like, Hey, here right. I am. Yeah. It's like, it's almost like we were the new guys basically. And I was just, I, you know, I don't know how Shane felt, but me, I had this, it's like I, I wanted to let people know, hey, we're here. Mm-hmm. Like, check us out. We're here. Hello. Like, I was screaming, you know, like, check us out. You know what I mean? Like, hello. Whereas with George Elias Presents, I no longer, I no longer want to j- necessarily get people's attention. I want to hold on to it. I want gotcha. to make them think now. You know what I mean? Whereas with George Elias Presents, I mean, with uh, Lazy Eye, if I can make people laugh or creep them out or whatever for that split moment, cool. And I yeah. liked it. It was great. Whereas George Life Presents, I try to produce things that um, after you've watched it, you know, even if you don't watch it again, you don't forget it. You remember like, oh, yeah, I remember that one. It was weird. Yeah. You know, or like it left you with so many questions mm-hmm. because that's what Serling and uh, Hitchcock, you know, did for me. Yeah. They, they left me with all these questions. Another influence that I, of mine was uh, Stanley Kubrick yeah. uh, visually wise, you know. I loved his his take on stuff too, um, and so yeah, they are different. Lazy Eye and George Lies Presents. You know, Lazy Eye was again. It was like when you fresh get out of school, college, or whatever, yeah. high school, whatever. It's like, hey, here I am, world. Like, here we go. Like, you know, look at me. Like, hey, here's my diploma, my degree, whatever. Like, I can do this. You know, um, even though you clearly can't, but you you know you, you <laughs> but because you got a degree. And they told, or a diploma, they make you believe you can do it. You know what I mean? And it's like, and you just go out there, you know, to hell with everybody else. I can do this. I know I can. It's like, you got something to, for some reason, you have something to prove, which I don't know why. And that's how I felt. Like, I just, I wanted to prove myself with Lazy. It's like, I wanted to prove I could do it. You know, coming from all, from coming from those other directors that yeah. they never even gave me a chance. I guess I felt that, that little guy, little man syndrome, like, no, I can do this. But with George Elias Presents... Um, I guess I've, you can say you mature after a while. Yeah. <clears throat> I've matured, and now I don't release them as, uh, I guess you could say as period as, as fast as yeah. I do with Lazy Eye. Because mm-hmm. like you said, with Lazy Eye, I was like, every week there'd be something. Yeah. You know, not every day, but every week or every other week, there'd be like a production. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's when you go back and you look at them, it's like, this was released on this day, and then exactly one week later, there's another one or two. Yeah. And here's another one, and here's another one, here's another one. You know what I mean? Whereas with George Lash Presents, I could release one, and sometimes a week or two or even a month passes before the next one. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because now I, I, I try to produce things that make people think yeah. to where that will hold you over to the next one. 
You know what I mean? Yeah. So I don't know if that makes sense. No, or if that it makes questions. sense, but here's my question for you for that. Like, this is the counterpoint to that because coming, I mean, I'm, I mean, why don't you then just make a shit ton of Georgia Light? Let's say you make, how many do you make a month in general? Give me a number. Oh, oh, Lord. How many do I make a month? If you just give me a, even give me a random number. Let's say four, three or four. Okay, so let's say you make four a month, right? That's you one per week, we'll say. One per week. Yeah. Okay, what <coughs> if you made like six in a month instead? Let's, we'll use six as a six okay. sample. Why don't, you, why don't you just stack them so you then can like, let's say you, you hold off in February and just film a shit ton, right, in February. Uh-huh. And then in March, you start just scheduling them out. So you have a weekly thing. Hmm. Like, you know what I mean? Like, because, I mean, in general, too, in a rule of thumb, which I've learned through YouTube, is they want, people want things consistently. Mm-hmm. So it's a weekly, you know, you're feeding them weekly so you can get more subscribers and more view counts in that, in that regard. Mm-hmm. So you're building up the brand that way. And, you know, as you said, like, you're doing it once a week or once every two weeks or three weeks, whatever it mm-hmm. is, kind of just randomly spread out like why have you thought about doing it you know let me just make a shit ton and then kind of schedule I, them out i have i've thought about that and but the thing is like again sometimes it's difficult for me to find actors yeah in this town and the weird thing is even sometimes i'll be like you know it's happened in the past like i'll pay you i can't pay you millions of dollars yeah. but i could pay you you know whether it be you know fifty dollars or gas money or i can feed you or whatever yeah. right and they still bail, which okay. is strange. And it's like, okay, you say you can't work for free. I'm willing to pay you. Okay, you know? I, I didn't know that variable, so I just want. Yeah, to I've had I've had that. And the thing is, I don't want to keep releasing a bunch that just has me starring in them. Yes, yes, I know it's Georgia Life presents, but I don't like. I don't want to star in all of my stuff. No, you I, know, you I know? get you. I get you. And yeah. I, I, and I, I, I always wanted to bring that up to you because I was always curious about mm-hmm. how that releasing worked with you. So I was just wanted to throw it out there to you, and as I was. Never had a conversation with you about that, mm-hmm. and I was always curious. And I'd rather tell you in person mm-hmm. than like on Facebook because I feel like you just read that <laughs> differently or something like that. And I, I, oh again, no, it just needs to be a curious cat. Oh no, no, definitely. I you know you can ask me whatever you want, you know, within reason, of course. But yeah, I, I and and just like Lazy Eye, uh, I have a I have quite a few things in the archive. Yeah, that have never been released with George Life Presents. Oh will, wow, will they ever be released? I don't know. I can't tell you. I couldn't say yes, and I couldn't say no. You know, as of right now, I have enough for in the archive, probably for about four or five months. Oh, that's really good. Yeah, <laughs> but the thing is, I don't release them. I'm I'm constantly filming. Yeah, like constantly filming, whether it be a silent film, like when you said avant garde. I have an avant garde series. Yeah, you know, um, I have whether they be like instrumental things because I because I sometimes do bass videos as well, yeah. whatever it may be, or even just cinematography tests. Mm-hmm. You know, visual poems, whatever yeah. it is. You know, I all, I have tons of stuff in the archive, but again, I don't release them s- continuously. Um, but what you said to me has been suggested. Like, what I don't, I don't I release them every Thursday, for example, yeah. or every Wednesday, and what whatnot. Um, I really can't answer that because I even I don't know <laughs> why I don't do that. I guess the best answer is I don't. I guess I don't want my audience to be like, oh, here's another one, and it starts to kind of lose its. Luster? I guess you could say that. Luster to where people are like, ah, it's another one, or here's another one. And I feel that if I keep if I keep constantly releasing it, people will be like, ah, he's got another one. Ah, I'll just check it out later. Mm-hmm. But then see, like, let's say they watch something, and then two weeks pass, like, I haven't heard from him. And, oh, there's another one. 
know what I mean? The interest is still there. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, but yeah, maybe I'll do that in the future. It's not a bad idea. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I understand your point, but at the same time, you have, like, as a growing filmmaker, you need to be constant, though, I feel like, in that sense. You have to, like, like look mm. at, uh, I'm trying to think of a good example here, Quarter, you know, Corridor Digital, or Digital Corridor, or whatever they're called, the Sam and Nico. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, yeah they, they used to release things, like, I think once a week. Even Fred D.W. at one time was releasing things once a week, and then they got so big, they now release things, like, once a month or something like that. Hmm. Or Fred, I think Freddie W. did, ended up doing once a month or something like Something like that, if I'm not mistaken. Well, it's kind of like one guy that I love on 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 um, YouTube, uh, Darius Britt, D4 Darius. Yeah, I watch him, and yeah, at one point when you watch his early videos, it was like one every week. Yeah, you know, and now he releases one every like two to three months. Yeah, so I get what you mean. You know, um, that seems to be a thing that uh, I can't speak for other film communities, but in this one, I've noticed it's kind of it's almost like shunned upon, frowned upon. Of like, if you release too much consistent stuff. Because when this I, community, like, whenever I tell people, like, oh, I have all these like short films, for example, they're like, oh no, I can't. I've had, I've heard other filmmakers speak like, oh, I don't do that. I only release feature films. I'm like, yeah, you release one every four years or every two, three years. Like, and did, were you able to sell it? And they're like, no. Okay, did you make your money back for it? Like yeah. some of it. It's like, well, you know, when you did the festival run, did you at least get anything? Yeah. No. Okay. Well, then, what's wrong with making short? Fi- like, what's wrong with that? There's nothing wrong with making a short film. <laughs> I think. I think, it, it's it's what fits you. You know, what I mean, it's your mm. style. Again, going back to style. It, I mean, also think about it this way too. You probably make enough short films that make a feature film in a year. Yeah. So it's fine. You know, don't worry. Don't. It's mm. people that are probably jealous of that you're doing all this stuff and you're consistently making content in that regard do maybe i don't I mean, know and just a theory and just me guesstimating mm. so your two cents basically yeah <laughs> so uh, yeah go ahead so so then when so you got so georgia lies presents you started that you were kind of shitting a brick in a sense you would say <laughs> yeah uh, off to the races <laughs> off to, <off> to races <laughs> and then you made the did you make the movie next or how'd that come across my feature film? Yeah, your feature oh, film. Oh, God. Which actually, it's funny enough, I had a movie called The Movie at one time when I was about, oh, man. The uh, Movie. It's, yeah, I literally called it The Movie. It was like the jackass of me and my friends, but it's nothing compared to your The Movie. <laughs> uh, my, one of my, probably my most controversial film ever. Like, that Why I, is that it I, so controversial? Not controversial in a, a bad, like bad way but well, i get using the word in a, like the word controversial I, is a bad I controversial mean, is, a, yeah in a, in a sense of i got a lot of flack for it i got yeah. A lot, yeah i got a lot of people reached out to me that they hated it and what was this this was garbage this was a slap in the face to us real filmmakers yes you guys know who you are who said that to me um and all these things you know like you gave your audience nothing and this was garbage like what was this blah 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 People forget that, like, you know, there's movies from the 70s, art house cinema. Like, like look at, I mean. Andy Warhol. Yeah, Andy Warhol. He fucking slept for 24 <laughs> hours on film. Or he ate a burger. He, he. Uh, I love that one. That's a good one. I did one with uh, Chipotle. Yes, nice. Send yeah. me that. I got to watch <laughs> that. Well, he, well, here's the thing. Going back to Warhol. <coughs> that was probably the best compliment I got. And it was actually from. It came from Shane, actually. Oh, okay. Shane, actually, when he watched the movie, he told me that he had, this is the, the how would I put it? This is like the most common thing I got with the movie is that everybody that watched it told, like everybody 
told me they found themselves checking their phone or their laptop or whatever, their PlayStation, whatever it is that they watched, Xbox, yeah. they watched it on. They're like, I had to make sure it didn't turn off or it glitched. They're like, because I didn't see anything except the red screen. They're yeah. like, I found myself rewinding. They're like, oh, wait, the time is actually moving. They're like, oh, wait, oh, okay. Like, they got it. They were like, did my did, did this freeze? Did it, you know, yeah. did it glitch? And he told me, he thought it was the most funniest thing in the world. And then he was like, it's very Warhol-ish, he told yeah. me. You so know? you totally fucked people. With that? Yeah, I mean, in the sense of, like, you just, you just, uh, not fucked them, but, like, basically, like, uh, fuck, I had the word at the tip of my <laughs> tongue, and I totally just forgot what it was. But you basically just pwned them, I guess. I guess, I mean, in, and if you're just leaving a red screen there, and you're just letting it time go by. You're, you're, you're but there is an intermission in the middle. So you, there actually is. A lot of people skipped over that, but there is a spot in the middle of the movie. I think it's exactly when it reaches thirty minutes, <laughs> where it actually goes black and it just says intermission, <laughs> and then it recontinues. That's great. And I got asked by some of my friends, you know, filmmaking friends, that they're like, "What's with the intermission?" I'm like, "I was actually." trying to get it screened in local cinemas. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, and I actually got pretty close. But I chose to back out last minute. Why? why? Because I knew that so many people would not get it. Yeah. You know, because I had a couple of private showings. Like, I showed some people in Mm -hmm. my inner circle privately. Let's say out of seven people, two got it. Like, they were like, I don't get the point of this movie. And I'm like, did you read what it said in the beginning? Yeah. You know, the disclaimer at the beginning. Everything you need to know is right there. <laughs> everything you need to know is there. You know, and uh, I had some other people reach out to me and tell me that, that that was extremely offensive to them. And I'm like, why? Like, I'm curious. Why is yeah, it why offensive? Is offensive? And they're like, the color red. I'm like, oh, because red signifies aggression, I guess, yeah. and whatever. And they're like, yeah, like, you must have known. I'm like, I'm colorblind. I'm not even sure that is red to begin with. <laughs> I'm like, but... I chose that because it is a <laughs> visual representation of the only thing that I thought I think can think of, at yeah. least at the time, that we all as a species, human beings, have in common is that we all bleed red. You should put that in an art gallery. I feel like that would be perfect for that. that. <laughs> Maybe. Who knows? And that's, when I, that's video art at its finest, I think, right and there. I, and I told people that like it's a visual res- representation of the one thing we all have in common is we bleed red right away. Well, you know, real blood is blue, you know, and I'm an O positive. Yes, these are real things that got told to me. I'm AB. I'm like, okay, listen to what I said again. We all bleed red when yeah. it exits us. That, yeah, true facts. It's red. Some is darker, some is lighter, but it is. Well, unless you're colorblind. Touche. <laughs> yeah, you, you know what I mean. <laughs> but even colorblind people know because we're told it's red. <laughs> okay, cool. You know what I mean? It's like we all bleed red. Yeah. You know what I mean? Us as human beings. Um, and that's the thing is, uh, I wanted to do that. And when I told people it's the most politically correct film <laughs> ever made, uh, people are like, how is that politically correct? I'm like, simple, because we all bleed red. Doesn't matter your political background. Doesn't matter your, your religious background, your sexual preference or orientation. Yeah. Nothing. Yeah. If I stab you or if I cut you with a piece of paper or whatever, you're going to bleed red. Same with me. If I cut myself or poke yeah. myself, it, the blood is going to be red when it exits me. <laughs> That's what it is. But the reason it's politically correct is because there are no um, religious symbols in it. 
There's no music. Just run. Yeah. There's no and intermission. Dialogue. Yeah. And intermission. <laughs> but there's like I said, there is nothing in there. There's nothing. You know what I mean? And it's like I I wasn't expecting the backlash it got. Like I wasn't expecting people to get mad. You know, what I mean I was like, it's pretty damn obvious. It's bare boned. It's yeah. right there. You know, but it really went over a lot of people's heads. But it's okay. The ones that got it, I'm glad they did. The ones that didn't, watch it again. You know what I mean? But you know what? I will say one thing. I will say one thing. Can you compare it to anything else? Not that I can recall. I mean, in the in the last 10 years. Oh, in the anyways. last 10 years, no. Yeah. I, I mean, you could say, like, oh, a movie from the 60s yeah, or the my, 50s. My film history is pretty deep, I think, personally. But, that's but let's just say in the last 10 years. In the years. last 10 years, nothing that I can recall. Yeah. You know, and as you can see from my my wall of fame over there, that's over three hundred movies. Damn, that that is impressive. Holy crap, <laughs> that's and impressive. I, and then some people have some movies that right now they know who they are. <laughs> Bring them back, come Please. on, <laughs> Mark. Mark, I'm talking to you, Mark. Hey, I don't even know who you are, Mark, but come on, bring the man his movies back. Finish we love the movies. movies. I gave you the movies almost a year ago, Mark. Just give me back movies. Finish them, <laughs> please. Yeah. So yeah, that's my feature film. For those looking for it, it is on my YouTube channel, the movie. <laughs> literally, just you just YouTube it. Uh look on YouTube, Georgia Lies Presents. You can't miss it, literally. But you know, hey, and if you can't sleep, put it on. It'll put you to sleep. Yeah. You know what I mean? If anything. <laughs> well, I don't know the red in my room would pretty pretty bright. I think that might still keep me uh <coughs> keep me up. <laughs> okay, you got me there. <laughs> <laughs> so have you ever like let me ask you this though. Have you ever like looked up video do you know what video like some video artist? Have you ever heard a video artist before? Like, um, give me some names. In my Bill Viola. I think you would love Bill Viola. Check out. Um, Name sounds familiar, but he's a video artist from like the seventies. He's still a video artist. Oh my gosh. Uh, Tony Osler is another one. Um, I got, I'll send you some of his stuff. I can't. Well, Bill Viola. The the. Oh shit! I forgot the name. I love this one too. <laughs> I, 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 I. Oh my god! What is it? Bill Viola something. My my my. My video art teachers would that kill me right now. That name sounds so familiar. Bill Viola. It sounds so familiar. Yeah, he's uh, pretty big. I'll send you the one that I think you'll like a lot. Mm-hmm. And then I'll send you the Tony Arsler thing. You know, uh, by the way, um, fun fact, <coughs> uh, Yoko Ono is a video artist as well. Oh, yeah. And then, I know uh, that. Okay, okay. I didn't know if you knew that. Oh, no, yeah. I'm a big John Lennon fan. Okay, And, cool. and obviously that was his wife. Are you, a, are you a Andre? Um, oh, my God. <laughs> I am really blanking on names today. Uh Jodorowsky fan then? Jodorowsky? Yeah. Uh, uh, Sounds no, familiar. The Holy Mountain? I, El Topo? I'm no? ringing a bell right now. You never saw The Holy Mountain or El Topo. And you're a, you're a Lennon fan who should know about Jodorowsky. Right? I should. I'm, I'm actually disappointed. Or maybe I have. He, ma- he I was, was supposed to make Dune originally. Oh. Jodorowsky's Dune. You ever oh, hear that movie? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. You should check okay. out The Holy Mountain. Holy Mountain. Okay, I'm going to so check that out. Check it out, and you will probably... Either hate me or love me because because <laughs> I, I gave it to a neighbor once. He uh-huh. literally put it. I told him it's the weirdest fucking film you'll ever see. Like, and he's not a big film buff or anything like that. And I told him like, this is gonna freak you out. This is gonna do this. This is gonna do that. And I'm like, you're gonna either love it or hate it. And it's a movie that I've seen. So I watch it at least once a year because um, it's a movie I just don't understand at all. Mm-hmm. But I kind of understand it more and more. That GoPro, that's the GoPro. Just, that GoPro's just acting I'm up on us, gonna, man. It's possessed. Right, taking the battery out. Yeah, uh, that thing's just turning yeah, on and off on its, it's own. It's heating up. I don't know. He's heating up. <laughs> He's no, on fire. But uh, hey, <laughs> he know he knew what I meant. But Jordorowski's, um Holy Mountains, phenomenal. You'll like it. I think you'll 
really enjoy it. Send me this stuff. Man, I, you got my info. You got I know. My I'll send you. I, I thought you knew about Jordan Rowski. It so. sounds familiar. So I guess I should rephrase that. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a big fan of Lennon's music. I okay. guess I need to learn. There's a lot of he stuff. Was spo- he invested in like uh, El Topo. That's why. Like, uh, And then okay. he was supposed to, I think he, he invested in uh, Holy Mountain, but George Harrison at one time was supposed to be in the Holy Mountain, <coughs> but he dropped out because there's too much ass in the thief character. Good. Isn't, there a, isn't there a band called Mountain? Uh, I think there's a band called the Holy Mountain. No, just called Mountain. Uh, Mountain. I have no idea. I don't know. Well, yeah. So okay. So the movie happened, and then you're the still movie. just. And now what happened after the movie? Oh God! What happened with the movie? Let's see. Uh, released the movie, got the reaction it did, mm-hmm. and then I just stopped doing stuff for a month. I just took like a little break. Why did you take a break? Did you just fatigue or like just from the backlash? I don't know why. Honestly, I just, just I just I just wanted to I just wanted to take some time off. I guess okay. I don't know why, but <laughs> I took some time off for that month, and uh, I don't know why I submitted the movie to some film festivals. <laughs> <laughs> but, but uh, I forgot that I had submitted the damn thing. Honestly, <laughs> I did, and then I got the email. Uh, I used to have it. I I have it. I need to look it up. Yeah. But I remember my girlfriend saw it. It was great. It got. I sent it to one. It's like an experimental film festival. It's like it's like, and it even said its description. We thrive on the strange, the bizarre, the experimental, (laughs) the left field, blah blah blah. And in the email, it's like your film is too experimental. It's all like, but we need you know that we can't include it this year but we will definitely give it an honorable mention and i got an honorable mention of laurel i'm like isn't that something isn't that (laughs) something it's like they thrive in the weird and the experimental and my movie was too weird for the how maybe it's too long maybe (laughs) yeah and then i and then i got another laurel from another film festival or also honorable mention you know they're like because they even sent me the email they're like you know we've never seen anything like that and i'm like Cool. I wasn't even expecting a laurel for the thing, so that instantly uh, brought more curiosity to it. And for the people that had ignored it or hadn't, didn't even know I made a feature film, they were like, "Oh crap! I didn't even know that." I mean, when I re-released the you know the poster of me, you know, doing yeah. the, the pose and the and the suit, mm-hmm. when I released it, but now with the laurels on it, people are like, "Wait, you got laurels for this thing?" I'm like, y- "Yeah." They're like, "What? How?" I'm like, "If I knew, I'd tell you." You know what I mean? So that instantly made it curious. You know, and and it made people curious that, you know, and even the ones that had given me the backlash when they saw that it got honorable mentions and not one but two festivals, they're like, okay, you know, okay, we'll give you that. Yeah. So I'm like, cool, you know, not like I need your, uh, your okay anyways, but I appreciate it. But anyhow, I took time off. And then after that, I I started doing short films again Mm because I love it. Uh, Writing, of course. And, um... No, because the documentary came before uh, the movie. So, no, that was before. Did I skip something? I'm sorry, did I skip something? Did I skip the what documentary? No, no, no. Are you never seen it? Nomad? I, I think I've seen I've seen it. I Wait. Nomad. I it's the have one about, seen it. The yeah, one about, about my brother? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, yeah. Yeah. That thing. That was fun. I just for, I, It's just I remember the movie, and, you know, I forgot about Nomad. I'm sorry. Oh, no, that's fine. So, what, what was Nomad? Let's, for those people who, who haven't seen it. <laughs> <laughs> Nomad. It's a documentary <coughs> I made about my brother. And that was your first. Was that your first documentary? Yeah. How, what was it like? One, doing a documentary on your brother, and two, doing your first documentary. Well, let me see. What was it like? 
doing a documentary was uh, that was an experience. I'll Why? definitely tell you that. Well, I filmed it on a GoPro. How funny okay. is that, right? <laughs> I filmed it on actually a GoPro Hero, like the first generation, the one okay. that, that isn't even compatible with the app. Oh my gosh! Basically, you're filming blindly. Um, that I won on complete accident luck because my job uh, they used to have like a fantasy football thing. Yeah, and if you didn't like make your own fantasy football team, the computer would just generate a team for you. Okay. I didn't play. I didn't care. Yeah. And then, you know, I'm from San Diego. All my sports teams suck. So it's like, you know, one of them even left. <laughs> and uh, it's like it generated a team for me every every week. Yeah. And then every Monday we'd have to show up to this meeting so you could see, hey, this person won. Great. Like I care. It's like rubbing it in my face. Like, yeah. oh, this guy won a plasma TV. This guy won a freaking pool table. This guy won this. It's yeah. great. Good for them. You know, shit. Like, I care. <laughs> you know, excuse my language. And one day, because there was always the wild card category. Yeah. And it was weird because the wild card category, the prize was always a gift card, you know, like a coffee maker, something that just, whatever, yeah. little trinkets. And on this one random day, they're like, this one week, they're like, oh, the wild card is a GoPro hero, right? <laughs> And then they're like, right now, the guy who's the, the runner-up to win it, the first place in wildcard is George. I'm like, wait, what? I'm not even playing. And but then you're like, all those people that you don't care about, you're like, yes, I'm going to win. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, yeah, all the people were like, ah, he's, he's not going to win. And yeah. then when the week was over, we come in on Monday, and then the boss is like, okay, let's see. And they flashed on the screen, the winner, wildcard, George Elias. And even he did a double take, like, what? <laughs> oh, because they knew I didn't care. Yeah. And he's like, oh, hey, I guess you won, George. Come and get your prize. I'm over there eating a donut, <laughs> right, because it's really early in the morning. And I look over, like, a mouthful of donut. I'm like, huh? I'm like, oh, crap. Okay, yeah. I walk over, and I'm like, well, what's the prize? Gives me a GoPro. If that, was, if that wasn't a sign that I should be doing film, right? Because yeah. this was back when I was with Lazy Eye, and I didn't yeah. have a camera. I was using the iPad. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, and I win a camera. Hey. So take that as a sign. That huh? is a sign. So I got it, and I was like, cool. And I didn't know how to use it, so I learned how to use it. And I still use it to this day. Um and then we were going to do this, as for my, for my brother, the thing is, there'd be a lot of times I'd be out with my brother driving, and just out of the blue, he would look at these spots, like a park or an alleyway or whatever, he'd be like, oh, man, I remember, I remember that night. He'd be kind of talking to himself, and I'd catch it, and I told him, you know, I asked him one day, I was like, what are you, what are you talking about when you, you do that? Yeah. You'll sometimes be like, oh, I remember that. Oh, that place was wild. Like, what do you mean by that? And then he'd start to tell me, he's like, you know, I was homeless. Question: you know, How 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 far apart are you, you from your brother? Um, from him, he uh, fifteen years. Okay. okay. Yeah. So he was like, I was homeless on these streets. I'm like, wait, what? Like he and he's. I took like, I bought us like a burger, and I went to the park and I just sat with them. I was like, dude, I didn't tell me. Like, yeah. talk to me. Yeah. And he started telling me all this stuff. Like, yeah, I've been homeless on the streets. You know, from San Diego, I've been homeless here. I think in Arizona as well, or something like that. Oh, and wow. I'm like wow, I didn't know this because we're so many years apart that yeah. for a while we didn't talk because he had his life, I had mine, you know. And then he started telling me all these things that it, it sparked my interest. And I asked him, would you be okay with telling your story like in a documentary or something? Yeah. And he told me, he's like, can I have like a day or two to think it over? I'm like, absolutely. Because, you know, not many people want to air out their dirty yeah, laundry, definitely. you know. And after two days, he came to me and he's like, you know what, let's do it. Wow. So I got my GoPro because I didn't want to take my, my better quality cameras because we were going to go into some really yeah. nasty places. So then I did it, and he started taking me to all these places, you know, and we saw some stuff, man. We saw some homeless people. We, saw, we caught guys showering. We saw guys fighting. 
We went to this one place. <coughs> we went to this one place in North Las Vegas. That, yeah, right? Yeah, I'm fine. Thank drink you. some water, my brother. Yeah. Drink some water. And we um, we went to this place in North Las Vegas, and I thought it was like over by the train tracks. And I was like, "What are we I doing?" I think I know what you're talking about because I, 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 me doing my job. I've been to a lot of places. And I've seen a lot of the places. I think you talk about. Yeah. And I was like, "What are we doing here?" And he's like, "Oh no, not here." He's like, "Come with me." So we went underneath the tracks into this weird little hole that leads like to this so underground the underground people thing yeah and i was down there and there was a bunch of tagging all over the walls and there was like a bunch of used needles on the oh, floor wow. and a bunch of, and i was like whoa man like holy crap you know and yeah. i wish i'd show like there was some things some things that you, i could see on my brother's face they were a little too gnarly for him so i would i wasn't rolling the camera yeah you know but those are memories that i have but i think now like Sometimes, sometimes I, I regret not having the camera rolling because there was some stuff we saw that was really intense. Oh, wow. You know, and I remember there was this one guy. He was a homeless man, and he walks up to me, and he's like, what is that? He was way old. He's like an older guy, and he's like, what is that? I'm like, what is what? He's like, that thing. I'm like, you know, the GoPro. Yeah. I was like, oh, it's a camera. He's like, that little thing is a camera? So that means he must have he must be homeless for a long time yeah. if he doesn't know what a GoPro is. And I was like, yeah. And he's like, can I see it? And I felt a little like, mm, you know, because, you know, I don't know what he's capable of. Yeah. But I had the wristband on everything. So what I did is I tightened the wristband. I was like, here. I yeah. let him hold it. But, you know, he didn't steal it or nothing. But he grabs it. And just the look, <coughs> excuse me, just the look on his face, like, wow, he just looks so mind-boggled. Like, this little thing is a camera. Like, he was just blown away. Yeah. And then when we went to... I don't know. I've heard so many names for it. I, you know, the one I heard, you know, that's a uh, homeless alley, which is that that where it starts going down Main Street. Four Master by Four Master. Yeah, which is really funny because Channel Three's over there. How funny you, is that? Huh? If you go down Four Master further, it's Channel Three. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. No. Well, yeah. Like, well, I I've heard it. I've heard Bumville. I've yeah. heard Homeless Alley. I've heard you know Ghetto. Bay. I've heard so many names. I just stick with Homeless Alley because it's the least offensive I can think of. Or I can hear. I've heard. I've been and there I, for filming for a movie that Shane was on. Mm. Um, and that was really awkward and not, and I don't mean awkward in the sense of like, um, it felt uncomfortable being there because yeah. there's a whole bunch of homeless people there and we're filming about homeless people oh. and it was just an awkward situation in that regard. That's all I'm going to say about I that. know what film you're talking yeah. about. I know exactly what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. And it is. And then some of them are ain't like aggressive. Yeah. You know, some of them can get violent. Oh, yeah, definitely, yeah. And that, you know, you have to be on your guard. And other ones are very just completely out of it. And it's almost heartbreaking. You're like, you feel bad for them. Yeah. You know, and... It's and a wide gamut of who you're going to meet. You don't know who you're going to meet. Like you said, you're going to get, like, this people who have probably, like, you know... Um, They're, like, mental, mental things. Mental disorders and stuff like that. And then there's the people that just are, you know, drug addicts and, like, junkies. They so choose They choose they to choose, be it. Yeah. Whereas other ones, maybe they their family just didn't want to pay for them anymore yeah. or help them. Or their, medica you know, their medication ran out and yeah. they lost their job or their insurance and they can't afford it. And then, you know, they wind up homeless, you know. And you just see, just like I said, it's just there's no gray area. Yeah. It goes from one extreme to another. And I remember when we drove on Four Master, the street, you know, yeah. a, a homeless alley. You can see some of it in the footage. You know, uh, we were filming. It jump cuts in that part. But I remember I, I had to start slowing down because they started approaching our vehicle, like yeah. my car. And my brother just got, like, like looking around like, oh, crap. 
you know, and they yeah. got really up to the car, you know, like, like, and I got asked a couple of times, like, what are you doing here? You don't belong here. Yeah. You know, what do you guys want? You know, and my brother and me had to make it very clear, like, hey, you know, no problems. We got no problems. We don't want nothing with you guys. Yeah. And I purposely would keep, you know, all my belongings on my backpack and stuff like that in my car. Yeah. And I just had the GoPro with me. And I told my brother, you know, uh, if anything, you know, let's just run or whatever. And if they take the camera, they take the camera. Oh, well. Yeah. But, you know, but I, you know, if that's what they want, I'll let them take it. You know what I mean? Even my cell phone, take it. I'm not yeah. going to, not going to risk my brother's life or my own, yeah. you know, for stuff that can be replaced. Yeah. You know what I mean? <clears throat> and yeah, it was, it was definitely a very heartbreaking and very eye opening experience. I remember we, we made the film, the documentary, I'm sorry. And I finished it and I, I released it, you know, on YouTube because it was, you know, it, was, it, it wasn't made for monetary gain. It was yeah. something I wanted to do. I enjoyed doing it. And I submitted it to the uh, Nevada International Film Festival, I believe it's called. Yeah, I think that's what it's called. And again, completely forgot that I submitted it. Like once I submit it, I forget, you know, because <laughs> I got like a million things going on. And it was like, I think it was a year later. That's when they reached out to me, you know, and they were like, because they had like really early submissions. And then like they were like, hey, uh, we want to let you know that it won the 2018 best short documentary oh, wow. in Nevada. And I was like. What? What? I was like, what? What one? <laughs> Who? What? I had to go. I had to go on their page. Like, what did I submit? You know <laughs> what I mean? And like, oh crap, Nomad. Oh, that's right. Yeah. And that's when I started screenshotting everything. And and, and I was that's that's my first award. You know, yeah. un, under Georgia Lies Presents. And you know, like, my brother was shocked. He was like, what? He's like, I can't believe it. And um, I tried to get it screened because there's a there's a young lady. Um. Melissa Rosario, I think is her name. She owns she she owns Rose Ray Media, and she uh, well she does like a, a local thing. Hello, Melissa, if you're listening, and she does like a local thing downtown at Eclipse Theaters oh, Cinema. Okay. You know, yeah. she, she she screens like films and stuff. I've had a couple of my short films screened down okay. there, and I tried to get it submitted. I tried to screen it at Eclipse, mm. but I I don't know I don't know what happened because they have screened documentaries before, but I guess maybe that one was just too much. Maybe. You know, I actually was, <coughs> I was actually in talks with uh, PBS. Oh wow! To have it screened there, but I got the email that they they couldn't screen it. I think it's because it shows a side of Vegas a lot of people don't. Yeah, but you know. think PBS would want to show? I mean, well, PBS is a very educational thing. I think you think they would want to show that at least, like you know, especially like it's more like a. Have you thought about like? I mean, this sounds far fetched, but reaching out to Vice. No. Because maybe they would want that. Hmm, I haven't thought about that. That's a that's a good idea. I'm glad we have we, we're having yeah. this talk because you're telling me all these things I didn't know. Uh, no, I haven't thought of. I mean, I know who Vice is. I've heard of Vice. Yeah. You know, and uh, I mean, one of my favorite short films of all time is Vice. Is uh, everything and everything and everything. I don't know yeah. if you've ever seen it. No, I never saw it. <clears throat> yeah, it's a film that's it's hard to describe. I'll send it to you. Okay. But yeah, uh, Nomad. It, it got a lot of lot of praise. It mm -hmm. got a lot. A lot of people loved it, but a lot of people told me it made them cry. It made them yeah. emotional. You know, my brother says, like, even though he knows his own story, he tells me, he's like, he, I can watch your short films whenever. He goes, that's one I can't. Oh, wow. Because he says when he watches it, it reminds him of when he went through that and sleeping on the streets and having to look for food. And, you know, he's like, oftentimes, like, I sleep during the day because at night you're watching your back. Yeah. You know, he's like, I fell asleep one night and he's like, I got jumped and I got robbed. He's like, so you got to be careful, you know, but 
yeah, Nomad, that one. And then that obviously got people thinking like, oh, you know, maybe his feature is going to be good. And then the movie yeah. came out. <laughs> and then so, yeah. after the movie, and then a- after that movie, screen it or show it. And then you take a month off. Yeah. Then what now? Um, then after that, I started doing, uh, again, doing short films. Mm-hmm. Then I started my avant-garde series, mm-hmm. um, which was, again, uh, loved and hated, I guess you could say, because some people really enjoyed them. Other people told me, like, I don't get it. What's the point? Yeah. What is the point? And I told them it's an avant-garde series. What the hell is avant-garde? So I'm like, all right, that's fine. You know, one person even told me, she knows she is, um, she was like, I think you were born, you know, 20, 30 years too late. You know, mm-hmm. she goes, because if you would have been a filmmaker, like in the 60s, 70s, even 80s, yeah. your stuff probably would have made more sense. I think maybe in the also the early ages of cinema, I think your stuff would have been really well, too. I mean, if you think about I mean, there's mm-hmm. the way you're on mm-hmm. college series or <coughs> your other stuff, too. I think I think that would have been a very interesting piece of cinema in, in the earlier times, maybe as well. I've been told that by many people that my stuff would have flourished more back in the day. But then also... But everyone loves retro and, like, you know, old school, like, you know, there's always a time when, you know, that old school, like, love of old cinema comes around every so many years. It's like it finds its way Olymp- back. It's like the Olympics. It'll come back every four fucking years or something, something like yeah. that. Like yeah. I remember when the Western started really coming yeah. back for a bit. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then now they're kind of hushed again. Yeah. You know, they find their time. It's like, remember when vampires came back yeah. for a while and they were, like, everywhere? And then zombies, good God. And then uh, what, are we, what are we on now? I don't even know. What what are we on now? Super reboots, re- remakes, reboots, reboots, sequels, um, eh, and uh, retconning. Retconning, retconning is huge. Yep. Like the whole the, the the Halloween thing. God, and then what's the last Terminator? Uh, Dark Fate, which was great. Still haven't seen it. I want to though. I saw it in a free screening actually. <laughs> nice. Well, because uh, get you ever hear of GoFobo? No. Uh, shout out to GoFobo, but basically uh-huh. these headphones are not working. I mean, I'm just gonna I'm, wear them sideways. It's there fine. we go. That's fine. Um, go ahead. GoFobo is basically, I, I don't remember how I did this. I signed up, I think, with uh-huh. them, and they can send you free screening tickets sometimes. Really? So I've seen two movies out of this. So <coughs> I saw Blockers, which I didn't think was going to be funny, but holy shit, I laughed so hard in that movie. Is that the one with John Cena? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and, that's great. And the, cra- the craziest thing about this is it, it's always at Red Rock at 7 o'clock on a, tu- a random-ass day. Like, I think it was a Tuesday. Uh-huh. And I literally... You know, my friends like you have to get there an hour early. You have to get there an hour early. Uh-huh. You have to get there two fucking hours early. Jeez, it, yeah, is it that bad? Really? It's that bad. I me and the person I was with, we were in the front row. Uh-huh. Then I just went with my girlfriend to see Dark Fate when that came out, mm-hmm. and we were in the third row this time. Mm. So, and we were still an hour early. Like we were wow. still, we got there earlier. Like we got there at five thirty, and like, yeah, we were in line, and the line wrapped around. Holy crap! Yeah, for Terminator? For Terminator, because it's a free screening. Oh yeah, that makes so sense. So like all these people are going to it at seven o'clock and it's first come first serve. And my God, I thought we were there early, but not early enough. Huh. So <coughs> I like that Terminator. I mean, I I'm really weird about my Terminators because I mean, I like Genesis also, but that's not saying a lot. Genesis. <laughs> but <laughs> everybody I, calls it that. I think I think Dark Fate was great. I think it got. I think it's underrated for what it is. But that's just me. I have yet to see it. I don't. I don't ever listen to people's opinions. I I go check out things for myself. Yeah, you know what I mean. No, I, get it, I get it. People oftentimes be like, "Oh, this movie's terrible," and then I, I find enjoyment in it. Yeah, and other people are like, "This movie's great," and I don't like it. You know, what teach I mean? their own. Yeah, teach exactly. And that's the beautiful things about film, dude. This sorry, this is my hair because I can't <laughs> wait till I can cut this damn thing off. <laughs> Why can't you cut your hair? Huh? Why can't you cut your hair? 
Uh, I've been uh, I've been cast as the Joker in a uh, fan film. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's called Sirens. Shout out to everybody there. Uh, who is who's that production company? Oh, it's actually a couple of production companies coming okay. together to do it. It's okay. uh, Graveyard Cinemas, Nicholas Grant. Hi. Okay. Uh, Morning Bliss Records. I don't know that person. Oh, well, I'll send you the, the information. You'll know. Right. Yeah. Melissa Brown, Sammy. You guys know. You know Morning. You guys are great. Uh, and Georgia Lies Presents. Okay, nice. Yeah. And uh, it's going to be, there's a, a possible other production, but I can't say that yet because that meeting hasn't happened. You guys know who you are. But yeah, it's, it's, it's a DC fan film. It's uh, about the sirens of Gotham. Yeah. It's called, you know, it's yeah, called yeah. Sirens. You can find the uh, the Instagram page. I believe it's at sirens underscore 2020. Okay. Um, and if not, go on my uh, Instagram page at gbase84, G-B-A-S-S-84, and you can find it there, Sirens. And it's uh, it's about, you know, Harley Quinn and Poison mm-hmm. Ivy. You know how they team up yeah. in the comics? It's about them. And Is Black Canary in it, too? <clears throat> As of right now, no, I don't. Isn't know. she? Isn't she a siren? Later. Oh, okay. It, it, at first, it's it's uh, it's Harley Quinn, Poison Ivy, and Catwoman. Okay. I think I said too much there, but uh, yeah, it's about it's definitely Poison Ivy and Harley Quinn are in there. Um, and yeah, you can't have that story without the Joker. Yeah. And what I, Joker are you taking uh, <laughs> reference to? Are you are you gonna do your own Joker? Or are you gonna just like you know go off for Mira? Uh, Cesar Romero. Romero. Cesar Romero. Cesar Romero. Are you going to go off Jack Nicholson? Are you going to go off Heath Ledger? Are you going to go off Jared Leto? Uh, Joaquin Phoenix? Um, Mark Hamill? God, you just had to say that. Now it's like, it reminds me of like, oh, no pressure. Like, no, yeah, none. It's honestly, no, you don't have pressure, I think. None. I mean, who are those guys? Even the Joker from, uh, ever seen any of the Bat in the Sun productions? The which ones? Bat in the Sun. You ever hear Bat in the Sun? No. Watch Bat in the Sun. They have, uh, I'll have to send you this guy's stuff, but mm. he he has some of the best Batman fan films. Ooh. I shit you not. These are the best Batman fan films. <laughs> There's one called Batman Legends. Um, that It's just the trailer. But my God, it has every friggin' Batman character. Bane's in it. Like a comic-accurate comic portrayal of Bane. The Mad Hatter comic Oh, I love the Mad Hatter. I'm going to send you this. and It's old. Hopefully, it's still on YouTube. And I'm going to send you uh, two more other ones. One called Grayson, which is a great short. I've heard of that one, but I didn't see it. Yeah, that's great, too. Yeah, that's all shit. And uh, Wasn't there a Nightwing series that they made here? Yeah, but that was Ishmahawk. Ishmahawk. My friend Colton actually just texted me, funny enough. um, Hey, there you go. I actually uh, did the sound design for that first episode. Wasn't there another one? Um, They did a four-part series. No, yeah. No, but there was another uh, Red Hood It. Wasn't yeah, that, that also was actually Alberto um, Triana. Triana. And Hi, Alberto. I've, I've, I know him. Uh, Hassani, I believe, and uh, my friend Veronica is actually in that. Well, uh, who's going to be on the podcast? Veronica. Uh, Misuk. Misuk. I cannot pronounce her name. I'm terrible at pronouncing last names. The name sounds familiar. Everyone on the podcast should it's know. It's weird by now. in this. <laughs> it's weird in this uh, community. It's like. If you don't know each other, you know somebody that knows somebody. Yeah. It's not that. It's six degrees of separation. Yeah. It's yeah. not. It's like, it's big, but it's not that big. Yeah. If that makes any but sense. It's a weird community, too. Like, let me ask you this question, because I've okay. asked this to a couple people. Like, you've been in the film community here since 2013, let's say, safely, right? We'll, we'll say that. Have yeah. you, have, has it, how do I put this? Has it increased? Like, has it gotten better or worse? in the way of production or the way of, like, in general? Like, has it gotten better or worse, the film production community in general? I'm, like, I'm, tr- I'm personally, I'm trying to figure out 
because I have like some weird feelings about the film production community here in general, which mm-hmm. I've told this to people on the podcast before, but like being from New York, New Jersey, New York, New Jersey, being from New Jersey, really, but in that New York atmosphere, we hustle. We, you know, oh, get yeah. shit all the time. Even in LA, people like my friend Kelly, who was on the podcast about a few weeks ago, even <laughs> said herself, like people in LA hustle, even people in New York hustle, but no one out here really hustles where they're trying to get to the next thing or they're just like, you know, I'm I'm I'm, I'm, a, I'm a not paraphraser, but like I'm not I'm a misquoter. I feel like, but if you <laughs> go back to that podcast with Kelly uh, D. Christensen, we talk about this a little bit. But what do you think about like the film community? Like, has it grown? Has it been better? Has it has it gotten worse? Has it gotten better? You know, what what have you seen? Because you do it like again, you do a lot of short films. You've known a lot of people, mm-hmm. and what have what's your perspective about it? I don't think there's one specific pers- way that you can look at it because the, I feel that the film community has. Ours, especially, it's kind of divided. Yeah. Whereas, like you said, in New York, people hustle, right? L.A., people hustle. Atlanta, people hustle. You know what I mean? Mm. Out there, the community. Here, what I feel is that everybody's divided. It's like, it's like, oh, the directors do one thing. The producers do another. The sound people do another. The actors do another. You know what I mean? Yeah. Rather than being a community, it's like, it's like we treat it like it's, for example, uh, segmented. It, it, Almost segregated, like a we're treating it like checkers when it should be treated like chess. Mm-hmm. Whereas like checkers, like oh, I'm gonna jump over these guys, I'm gonna jump over you to you yeah. know to collect the thing. No, treat it like chess. Be smart with it. You're a team. But I feel what I feel I've noticed because I've I've gone out to film out in L.A. Yeah. I've gone out to film in Arizona. The moment I tell people out there, like when they see me doing stuff, they're like, "What are you doing?" I'm like, "Oh, I'm an independent filmmaker. Just just film me some stuff. You know, yeah. sorry if it's a problem. Oh no no, go ahead. They're so receptive the moment I tell them, yeah. and then you know. And then when they ask me, where are you from? I tell them, oh, I'm from Las Vegas. Instantly, they give me this, like, right away dismissal. It's almost like we have this stigma. <coughs> Excuse me. It's a stigma here. And I'd hate to say it, but I'm going to say it because some, you know, it we has need, to be said. I think it needs to be said. I think, I think it needs there to be is out this, there. <clears throat> there is this thing that the, the Vegas community, and if you guys hate me, feel free. That's fine. Uh, a lot of you do anyways. Um, it's like there's this stigma of, like, um, a lot of the, like, some of the actors I've met, they'll be like, uh, I'll be like, hey, you know, I'm come and do this film, whether it's mine or somebody else's, yeah. right? We can't pay you, for example, but we can give you food or whatever, right? Yeah. Or uh, you get the lead role. Yeah. And right away, oh, I don't do stuff like that. I, don't, I, I can't work on something like that. It's too amateur for me. Okay, before we continue, what have you done? Yeah. For example, yeah. what have you done? They're like, oh, well, I was on, for example, I was on an episode of The Walking Dead. We'll just say, right? Yeah. That's far-fetched. But we'll just say, I'm on an episode of The Walking Dead. Where? Well, if you go to season three and episode six and you pause it and you look all the way to the far right of the screen, that's my elbow. And because of that, you're too good to do a lead role yeah. in an independent film? How much did they pay you for that? They pay me 50 bucks or like $100. Okay, you're somebody in the background. Yeah. I'm offering you an opportunity or this person's offering you an opportunity or that person to be the lead in this. It, it can help you grow. Now, if they're asking you to bark like a dog on all fours, I get it. That's trash. Don't yeah. do that. But if they're offering you something like for a crime thriller or a mindfuck type film or something, a comedy, that's for your demo reel. Use it. Yeah. Or you'll see like this other person like, oh, I, I can't film anything unless it's filmed on a 4K or unless it's filmed this. Why? Yeah. What have you done? Like, let me see your 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 resume. Yeah. What have you done? Well, um, uh, and instantly they don't have anything. Yeah. Or they'll be like, "Oh, I can't do that because I was a, you know, I was an audience member mm-hmm. on this 
game show pilot that didn't even get picked up. Okay, and because of that, you think you're Hollywood royalty. And that's the thing is they have, they, it, gets in this, it gives them this mentality that they're too good. Whereas I've met people from California yeah. that they have done stuff that is on TV yeah. and on in Hollywood. And then all of a sudden, it's like you see them as something independent. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and it's that's like, the definition of a hustler. <laughs> they're doing they're doing whatever they can to get noticed. Exactly. I mean, and I, I agree with you. I think that seems to be the problem that I'm I'm getting at right now with people that are on the podcast. When we talk about this in the last couple of podcasts that we've done, um, you know, it's it's the people that aren't hustling. They aren't they the, it's I, it, maybe it's more of an actor's problem than a film community problem of like who people are filming, but I think maybe that's another issue in itself because I feel like the actors, you know, like you said, they're like, I was an, I was a, I was an extra in this show. Okay. You're an extra. You're, you didn't have a line. Exactly. You know, like come off your high horse. Yeah. Come off your high horse. It's, it, and you know, but see, the same could be said about certain directors. Oh yeah. Because I've met other direct, I've met some directors too. Yeah. They know who they are where it's like, Hey, um, <clears throat> let's team up, for yeah. example. George Lies Presents and whatever your company is called, for example, right? Yeah. Let's team up, you and me. Let's do it. There's this mentality in this city specifically where they're like, no, my production's name has to be the one. Yeah. But yet when you watch Hollywood production companies, it's always Warner Brothers Presents in association with so-and-so. Yeah. You know, 20th Century Fox Presents in association with, you know what I mean? Even the big leagues team up with other people. Yep. It's never released by themselves. Yeah. And here it's like, you know, God forbid two or three companies team up because, yeah. and then the thing is, and you ask them, okay, are you going to be making like a lot of money for this movie? Not really. Are you at least going to be making your budget back? Probably not. Okay. Then what are you worried about teaming up? Yeah. If anything, that's three production companies teaming up. That is three people or whatever, right? Groups yeah. being able to, bring money to this budget, this thing yeah. and make it the best it can be. Because the problem that I see in this community, it's so much about ego mm -hmm. rather than the production. Yeah. A I, lot of people feel that it's like, it has, it's about me. I have to shine. No, it, no. the film is what people are going to remember. Yeah. Not you. Yeah. No, I, I, yeah, it makes sense. I mean, and also I think the stigma too, with this fucking town, part of my French love. I love living here to be honest. Um, mm -hmm. The issue is too, it's like we make these fucking, like shitty ass movies too. Thank you. Like there are, a, and I'm not the one who says it. George said it. Hey, uh, he didn't say it. he said it by. Uh, um, no, I'll say it. A lot, <laughs> a lot of movies that we make in this town are crap. Yeah, I'll be, and, I'll be honest. They are. They, they, they're basically you know, big tit women running around horror films, which it's like the same shit. I mean, I, I get it. Maybe because the horror film sells the mm -hmm. most and like you make your money back in return on that you want to do that but also or it's the party movie there's nothing really that makes you think in a general sense in like there's okay. nothing that like is making people like <clears throat> like don't I mean, give me vegas the strip behind it i don't give a shit give me vegas give me the suburbs of vegas give me let like, me ask you a question yeah let me answer Na the question name name a director yeah. right from vegas that has quote made it no one. Exactly. Uh, wait, hold on. Um, I need to think. But see, that's the thing is you shouldn't have to think that hard. Yeah. And that's the thing. You're right. going to tell me all these years and nobody? And it makes me – and it surprises me. People say, oh, Vegas well, has – the question is what do you define as made it? Because okay. I can name, a, 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 you know, two people, I guess. Who? The Mahals. Uh-huh. They made it in a sense because they have 
I mean, if you if because you're not really we're not generalizing scoping the word made it in a, a certain boundary here. Respect to the malls, I'll yeah. give them their place. Respect, but they made like you know one, two, three, four. I think five now films. And yeah, features. Yeah, features. And like now they're on VOD and in Redbox. You know what I mean? They're, uh-huh. But they're I guess they didn't really direct the last two or three. I think they produced. They're those, producing. Though. Yeah, like you know what I mean. They're more producers in that in that regard. Okay, but again. Okay, they've made it, right? Yeah, but, but are there? Uh, but but are they, there? Do they make it though? Because but are there films known to that degree? Again, I, this is not sour grapes. I am not trying to say I'm better than because I'm not. Yeah. All right. I made a. I made. I made crap myself yeah. too. But here's the you're just thing. Asking a question. Yeah. yeah. Have they made that film yet that you hear people like, whoa? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Have they made that one that you hear people like talking about from other places? Yeah. Like from other states, other countries. Like you know what I mean? Yeah. Because, like I said, when I've been out of town and I mentioned Vegas, everybody always gives me that look like, Ugh. Hangover. Yeah, yeah, like, oh, Okay, look at that, the hangover. That was produced by somebody not from here. That's yeah. they, they came to Vegas. Yeah. You know, honey, I blew up the kid. They came to Vegas. You know what I mean? All these movies, they always... Which I mentioned today, by the way, my reporter, but, <laughs> but this is going to be outdated by the time we talk about this, but the uh, Hard Rock Cafe dem- got demolished today. Yeah, yeah. And... Uh, I was telling her, I'm like, yeah, the fucking uh, the guitar. guitar is from, you know, I Honey, just I always, whenever I see the Hard Rock Cafe, I always think, or hard, any Hard Rock, I always think of Honey, I Blew Up the Kid. When he grabs a guitar. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So you know? It's like, it, it, but again, going back to it, you know, it's like the Mahals, you know, respect. Yeah. You know, they are one of the heads, you know, Mahals, yeah. uh, Kelly Schwartz, I Kelly think Schwartz. is another one. But, I mean, no offense to Kelly. I mean, his <clears> movies aren't, I don't think he made it. I, I and no, I but here, no, but here's the thing. They're like, I guess you could say they're the heads. The they're, ones yeah. that, that, that are like up there. They're the know? ones who are going to the, they're at the glass. They just need a break through the glass, yeah. and they haven't broke through. I the don't, glass. I don't feel that any of them have really produced something that really captivates you, like yeah. that. That you know, because they, they produce. In, like, your, in our personal opinion, yeah, a personal like, opinion. We're not yeah. saying like you know they didn't make it or anything like that. I just uh-huh. want reference. I'm not like I'm yeah. not. I'm not. I'm not. I don't. I don't. Not a fan of their movies. I'm a fan of their work. That work ethic. Yeah, I respect. Of, no, I, I respect, respect the that. hell out let's of them. Let's just let me clear. Let's clarify that before. Yeah, we absolutely. Get some hate. Yeah, respect I respect them. the hell out yeah. of them. You know, like they they are hustlers. They've kicked some ass. Yeah. But again, it's like, what is it? Uh, Party Bus to Hell and Art of the Dead. Yeah. And stuff like that. It's like you're gonna see them on Sci-Fi if. If anything, maybe not. You might not see that on sci-fi. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're, I mean, yeah, they're cool and it's great, but it's like I don't see them as those kind of films. Like, like I don't think, for example, it, like, let's say they were to grab like yeah. uh, uh, films from different places, yeah. right? L.A. has you know Tangerine, you know New yeah. York. Fuck that list is too damn long. I'm not even yeah. gonna go there, right? And then you know it's like uh, Texas has uh, Shank Ruth, you know, with Primer, like those films that just really like, damn, you know, they are yeah. mind-boggling to you. And then it's Vegas. Like, let's say we were to take the ones to represent Vegas. It's like we have Party Bus to Hell and Art of the Dead. Bus Party to Hell, by the oh, way. Oh, I'm sorry. You know, you know Bus, why? Yeah, because the distributor or something like that? Or also, it's in the first letter, and B is one of the first letters in the alphabet. So uh-huh. you can see it easier in uh, when you search for all the movies. Smart move. Which also is a dumb move, I think, too. I mean, I like Party Bus to Hell more. Yeah, it seems more... It, I honestly thought it was much catchier. That's why I yeah. still call it that. But again, it's like those movies, you know, they, they're cool and all. Yeah. They're, they're, it's not, you know, respect for the yeah. work ethic. Oh, Re- yeah. You give respect where respect is due, but they are not films that have captivated me. Yeah. Like films that, that, whoa, you know, that leave you like yeah. that. You know what I mean? That are like, holy crap, and, you and, know? Yeah. And, I'm, and I think Vegas has that potential vegas mm. has that filmmaker that can produce that film that will 
that will go to Cannes, that will go to Tribeca, that will yeah. go to Sundance, that will go to wh- whatever the hell you call it, right? South by Southwest and blow people away, yeah. you know? But I have yet to see one. And it's like, and, and it's, and I think, again, Vegas, because what do people associate with it? They associate parties, they associate the strip, they associate casinos. Okay, if we as the locals, right, mm-hmm. we want to show people, you know, locals I'm talking to you, it's like, we want to show people that, yes, Vegas, we can do it too. We can do it too. I mean, fuck, it took us so long, but now we're going to get a football team. Yeah. We're showing, and look, we got a professional hockey team. We're showing them, damn it, we can do the professional sports thing. Yeah. We can do this. You could be getting an MLB team in the next There two, you three go. Years, That's what I'm saying. We have proven we can do this. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Okay. So why not show that we can do the film thing? We can produce a suspense thriller. We can produce a true story-based thing, yeah. a superhero movie, a, a mystery, uh, you know, if we can produce one of those horror films that is like groundbreaking, yeah. you know what I mean? We can do that without having somebody from out of state come here to film it. Yeah. One of us. We don't I have that homegrown, yeah. Yeah, I feel we have that here. But the thing is, because everybody here is so quick to pull the the, the carpet, the rug yeah. from under each other's feet, yeah. rather than pat each other in the back and be like, you know what? Good job. Again, look what we just did. We said that the Mahals, you know, and I, I admit it, you know, their films are not necessarily to my taste, yeah. but I respect them. So if you're listening, do not misconstrue what I said. I am saying that I respect you as filmmakers and I respect your hustle. Your films are not necessarily... Not your my, cup of tea. Yeah, it's not my cup of tea. It's not what I would run to go buy yeah. a copy of. Kelly Schwartz, you know, same. It's like, it's not something I'd run to the hills like, let me go buy it. Yeah. Like, I have to have this Blu-ray or DVD or whatever in on my shelf. No. But I respect them for what they have done, yeah. for what they have accomplished, for where they are at. But the thing is, it's like, okay, use your influence, use your, your stature, use your money, use your whatever the hell it is you want to call it to, to show them, the, you know, the Hollywood and show people outside the damn it, Vegas can do it. Yeah. Rather than show them another party movie, another tits and ass movie, another harm, yeah, another, another whore thing, yeah, another yeah, anything. Rather than that, rather than add another layer of vanilla, here you go. Here's strawberry. Here's chocolate. Here's yeah. something. You know what I mean? Don't follow the trend. Make one. Yeah. Be be the trend. I guess. Right. Would that be exactly? The correct thing? Yeah. I, I and here's the thing. I think I think a lot of filmmakers here they keep that 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 saying in their mind what happens in vegas stays in vegas fuck that make something that is going to get out there something that is going to be seen in france something that's going to be seen in mexico in canada in japan to where people are like fuck yeah we've been sleeping on vegas and and the funny thing is too i always hear vegas is going to be another film city it's going to be another film city but like i hear that every year and nothing i i'm again I, I, it's what I see with my eyes and what I see on Facebook. I'm just, I guess I'm being a Trump fan. Sorry, I said it, but I'm being a Trump <laughs> fan in the sense of like just being on that social media where I'm just like reading all my information and news from. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm also doing these interviews because I'm trying to get firsthand accounts of what people are seeing in, in their life, in their eyes too, as well. <clears throat> and I, I, I'm coming to this fact right now is that what I'm saying is the same as what George, um, you know, said and what I've talked with Devin about and what we talked about with Kelly, uh, Kelly D. Christensen uh, about in general with the film community because I want to get down to the root and figure out the, the, the issues because I'm kind of curious of like what can we do to improve 
the community because that's really what we should be. Exactly. The thing is, again, that word community yeah. is not, it's, it's like, it's not, we love, it's almost like we love to give off this aura, this, this, this image yeah. that we're united as hell, but we're not. Yeah. I'm sorry. We're not. And you know what, too? I think the I, uh, this is my see what I see is like there's too many mixers. And then, like, I went to one one or two mixers, and like, it's like, hey, write down who you are and what you are and all that stuff, right? Yeah. No one ever emailed me or got in touch with me about anything. It's like, well, why do you get my information? I never get invited to those things. Like, it, like, I see them on Facebook, but like, they're like, oh, you can go to it. Yeah, okay, cool. I'll go to it. And then it's like, hey, who are you? Okay, I'm so and so. What do you do? I do this, this, and this. And it's like, give me your email, give me your phone number. And it's like, well, are you going to contact me? Why are you getting my email address like for nothing that you never mm-hmm. did anything You don't for? follow back on You don't follow back. And yeah. the thing is, too, I think the issue. Or follow up, I'm sorry. Go follow, ahead. Yeah, follow up. You're right. Yeah. Um, the issue, too, is like, people, I think, are so comfortable here in the sense like they'll use the same people and they won't give anyone else a shot. And that's what I, 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 I see personally from things yeah. I've, I've seen online in general in that sense yeah. and like i think to grow as a filmmaker you need to you know expand who you work with get out of your comfort zone. get out of the comfort zone because if you're staying in a comfort zone you're not gonna improve you're just gonna mm-hmm. stay the same stay <clears throat> stagnant okay again vegas like you said it is a very comfortable city it is because think about it where else can you go and be uneducated and make 18 to 20 dollars an hour being a housekeeper being a, a porter janitor in a casino you need no education. You just go there. You know what I mean? The cost of living here is not that bad. Uh, it's getting Pe- worse. <laughs> it is, but people tend to live outside of their means because they yeah. want to give an image that they don't have. Rather than buy a home that they can afford, make payments on, no. Let me get a home, right? Mm-hmm. Let's say they're it's this person with their partner, right? Yeah. They don't even have kids. They never have family over. They never have parties. Nothing, right? Okay, you could get a two-bedroom house. With one bathroom or two bathrooms, for example, right? Mm-hmm. Cool. No. What do they do? Let me get a five-bedroom house with a two-car garage and two-and-a-half bathrooms. Why? If you don't have kids, you don't plan on having it. You're not do it. For example, right? <laughs> well, I can tell you five reasons why I want a five-bedroom house with two bathrooms. Okay. Bath- no. Yeah, I know. No. Okay. <laughs> what? Okay. Again, a reason of why you would want it is not the same as, you know, why you should, you know, like, like, is re- like intelligently, like, okay, I want it. Yes. Yeah, yeah. But do I really want to have a place that I'm literally working all the time for? Yeah. Because really think about it. If you get a really big-ass house, right, or a brand-new expensive car, what are you doing? All you're doing is waking up to go to work to pay for them. Yeah. You're not even enjoying them because on your days off, if you even have any, you're fucking trying to catch up on sleep because you're exhausted. (laughs) And oftentimes you're taking two jobs to pay for the thing. Why? What are you trying to prove? The Oh, I own this big house. Yay. You know yeah. what I mean? Same can be said for filmmaking. Out here, filmmakers, right away, I just have to get this really expensive camera. Okay. Mm-hmm. How many films have you made to date? Yeah. One short film. And you will need to get this super expensive camera because you've made a short film. Yeah. Work your way to there. Yeah. And in other people... Or use someone who has that expensive or camera. Or that, yeah. Because, like, I have I, an expensive camera... But, like, my whole idea was not to make movies with just that camera. I wanted to do other 
things with that exactly. camera and the people that you're talking about, I think, <clears throat> is aimed more towards, I'm just going to make movies with this camera. I'm not going to make money off this camera by doing this, this, and that. Uh-huh. And that's the thing. It's like, okay, if you cannot afford really expensive cameras, but you have a look that you want specifically, hire somebody who has a camera. Yeah. And you'd be surprised, those of you listening, there are some that are willing to even to do it for free yeah. because they're looking at it as experience for yep. them. And they want to work with their camera. They want to use it. You know, they're willing to help you out because they'll, they'll throw you a bone because yeah. they see that you're, you know, you're barely starting. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I get it. Yeah. Maybe on the next production, you might want to slip I in like some money. I like to say for the last few years, I put the free in freelance. Yeah, exactly. But here's the thing. That's another thing that I think a lot of people have forgotten, the freelance thing. Like that word entrepreneur gets thrown around left and right. Yeah. You know what I mean? People throw it left and right. Oh, yeah, definitely. I'm an entrepreneur. Why? Because you have a dream, you know, a dream that you have, but you haven't even done anything about it. That doesn't make you an entrepreneur. You're a dreamer. The two things I think that really have ruined um, filmmaking. Oh, actually, here's I'm going to say three things maybe that are kind of at this weird point in life right now. Okay. Is in filmmaking, I think. And this is my theory just coming up in the last 12 hours actually <laughs> is um, one. Well, this is, this is actually more than a theory, but this is known is the cannibalization of people paying. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, for example, like, Hey, uh, you want me to hire, like, I want to hire you. And you're like, I'll do it for $200. Mm-hmm. And like the other guys, like I'll do it for $500. I'm going to go with you. You know what I mean? Like the person who has a cheat, like, the, uh, like, you know, like, I, I, I quote someone out like, Hey, I'm going to, you know, it's $500 to do this for you. But then it's like, well, I'm going to go to my cousin Jimmy over there for $200 because it's cheaper uh-huh. because he has a DSLR <coughs> or whatever. And, like, he does the same thing. It's like, but you're not paying for the quality and experience of what I have because, you know what I mean? Like, there's a camel, there's a cannibalization of that. Like, higher, like higher in productions can be – it's a longer story. And, and I understand yeah. what you mean. I and know what you mean. Second is the entrepreneur thing is getting way out of hand, I think. And I've told I told this to my friend yesterday when I talked to him on the phone. I was like, not every, like this entrepreneur thing's crazy because everyone thinks they are, but not everyone is one. I know for a fact I'm not an entrepreneur. Me neither. I'm I'm a person who's like, hey, I'll be in a business with you. I need a business partner, or I'm gonna be that person who's like, I'd rather be hired for someone and help them, you know, take it to the next level. Like uh-huh. I'm that I'm I'd rather be that second in command or that that person who's like that that worker who's on the who's on the train. Putting the coal in the train, making it go faster to get you to that next level. That's exactly. Me. Uh, and third is that there's too many fucking uh, YouTube people on YouTube stars or YouTube personalities or whatever it is, influencers who do film in production, and they are just all just either saying the same shit that they like think they know shit, which they I feel like they don't, uh-huh. or they speak about things from experience that are like. I don't know. I think some of that shit, a lot of their shit's bullshit. Uh-huh. And all, some of them contradict each other. So yeah. it's like watching, because I've seen a lot of those videos, and it's like oh, they think, oh, this is the way to do it. This is the way I do it. This is the way I do it. But it's like there's no right way to do it. No, there's not. There, I can, I if I ever do like film lessons on something, which I've always thought about doing for YouTube in general, uh-huh. but like I know for a fact like those aren't going to be like, I would always disclaim people saying, like, you can do it this way if you want. I'm going to teach you a way to how to do it. Like, there's no proper way. It's like you make rules to break rules, I think, in filmmaking. That's the whole thing about it. This is an option. It is not the way. It is just an option. Option. Yeah, there is no way. Yeah. Going back again, Mahal's. 
let's say somebody comes in and they're like, hey, here's $10,000. And they give $10,000 to the Mahals. They give $10,000 to me yeah. and $10,000 to you. Each of us are going to produce an entirely different film. Yeah. Does that mean that the Mahals one is the way, or the proper film? Yeah. Or yours or mine? No. Whose is? Well, actually, probably one of ours is the proper film. One of the three, I mean, is the proper film. <laughs> but, again, chose but again, that is a matter of opinion. Yes. What I mean is, you know, people will like the Mahals. Other people will like yours. Other people will like mine. Yeah. Because that's the thing. Film is expressive. Film is open. That's yeah. what I love about it. But I think so many people are just so hell-bent on like, no, this is the way it has to be. Says who? There yeah. is no way for it to be done. Film is, is that's what's so great about it. Film was created, you know, to tell visual. Here's the thing. I feel that there are filmmakers and there are visual storytellers. Yeah. There is a huge difference in that. Well, I are feel. you? I consider myself more of a visual storyteller because mm -hmm. I, I, I put the story and the character first, you know. Yeah. I'll admit it. Some of my films uh, are confusing. Yeah. And others are, they're not the best of visual quality. I will admit it, but I'm learning. I like to call you a filmmaker. How's that sound? Sure, I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and it's like, I admit it, my films, uh, a lot of people don't like my stuff, and it's yeah. fine. Uh, other people do, you know, and I appreciate the ones that do, and I appreciate the ones that don't. Yeah. You know what I mean? But again, it's a matter of opinion, you know, and it's like a visual storyteller, I feel, are the ones that they do care about the way the movie looks, <clears throat> the quality and everything, yeah. right? And the sound, but they, the, they care about uh, just as much, if not more, the characters in the film. Mm -hmm. They care about why... Event A leads to event B. The dusty leads to event C. The three act, you know, the three act structure, yeah. three part story structure. For yeah. example, right? A leads to B, which leads to C. Whereas a filmmaker, they're more concerned about their ego. They're concerned about the bigger, the better. Yeah. The cameras really, you know, that's what it's all about. The explosions, the like, like, oh, I have to have top of the line everything. Okay, cool. You have an amazing camera, amazing editing software, amazing yeah. sound. You have like some really top great actors, but why should I care? But also, I think personally, filmmaker film filmmaker is a very broad word. It is everyone. If you're a director, you're a filmmaker. If you're an editor, you're a filmmaker because you're making a film. You know, what I mean, if mm -hmm. you're a, if you're a grip, you're a filmmaker because guess what? You're mm -hmm. part of that film. You're making the film because you're you know even though you're not seen on camera or behind the camera, above the line, below you're below the line. Whatever it is, wherever you are. Okay, that makes you know sense. I, mean? like, I get what you yeah. mean. I get exactly what you mean. But what I'm saying is, okay, we'll just say the term then. Yeah. You know, that gets thrown around a lot too. Yeah. You know, I hear people all the time. It's like, oh, I'm a filmmaker. It's like, what have you done? Yeah. You know, and it's like, I'll meet people. It's like, oh, they made like one or two films and they, they feel like they're so much better than people. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yes, I've made over a hundred short films. Do I think I'm better than everybody? Absolutely not. Yeah. Do I think I'm like, oh, I know what I'm talking about? No. I'm yeah. just giving my opinion. Yeah. I guarantee you there's going to be people that hear this podcast like, that guy's an idiot. And yeah. Rightfully so. You're hey, man, opinions are like assholes. Everyone's got exactly. them. Exactly. And I got a whole bunch of assholes. Yeah, you're welcome to your opinion. You know what I mean? I know there's some people here that will be like, oh, after they hear this podcast, they'll completely unfollow yeah. and stop watching what I do. And they'll be like, fuck him. Yeah. You know, he pretends he's a dickbag. He's, he's a jerk. Whatever. Cool. That's great. That's your opinion. Yeah. Never once did I say I hated any of those other filmmakers. I just merely gave my opinion. Yeah. Just like I'm sure if you ask them, they'll, they'll tell be, you. They'll yeah. yeah, they'll tell you like, ah, his stuff is too amateur. It's too, you know, his stuff sucks. Yeah. But, you know, I give him his props because he's constantly ranking stuff. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like I said, me, you know, again, the Mahals, never met them, you know, but I give them their props. Yeah. You know, and people like that. 
but it's like, you know, they, they, they have a different perspective than I do. Yeah. You know? Would I like to work with them? Yeah, at least once. But I don't know if that'll happen. You know, shit, I still want to work with you again. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but we both have such different schedules out yeah. here. So anyway, I'm sorry for that little tangent. No, it's okay. It's it's all good. This this show is about tangents, like getting down to stories of people and like learning. I feel like that's what we're doing here. So let's just we're gonna wrap it up right now. So George, what is your social media by the way? Just I think you mentioned it, but let's mention it again just wrapping out. On Instagram, if you want to give your gram out, your Twitter, if you have a Twitter, I don't know if you have one. Do you have a Vero? Do you have a uh, Tumblr? I don't know. Whatever you have that you want to <laughs> follow you on. Okay. Um, the short answer, go to Google and just type in George Elias Presents. It leads you to all of that. Okay. But if you, but if, for technical people, um, Facebook is, again, George Elias Presents. I'm pretty sure you know how to spell George, but if not, G-E-O-R-G-E. <laughs> Elias, E-L-I-A-S, and Presents, well... P-R-E-S-E-N-T-S. <laughs> Be surprised if people don't know. Um, but uh, Instagram is at GBase84. That, it's all lowercase. G-B-A-S-S and 84, the number. Mm-hmm. Number 8, number 4. Yeah, GBase, because like, I'm a bass player. Yeah. Uh, Twitter is... Jesus, what is that? Do you at, have a Twitter? At, no, I do. <laughs> it's all lowercase. At G-E presents. Okay. Um. You can do that also on Facebook, Facebook slash GE Presents. Uh, is that the fan page or your actual personal? Oh, there's two. Like my personal one, you can look me up, George Elias, if you want. Why? I, I, don't I, know. Just, yeah. I didn't know if the GE Presents was a part of the program. Oh, that GE Presents is to the George Elias oh, Presents. Okay. Yeah. I'm just making sure. I, ah, I got you. I got you. I want people to be like, hey, I got his fucking personal uh, Facebook here. <laughs> like, you have people, random ass people like liking your. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. Hey, cool. Yay. More followers. Um, <laughs> and then on YouTube, yeah, youtube.com slash and then George Elias Presents, all lowercase, yep. you know. Or just go to the search, the little search uh, icon thing mm. and just type it in George Elias Presents or even hashtag George. George Elias Presents, and it'll pop up to my stuff. Vimeo, I'm on there too. Same thing. George Elias Presents. Um, I think that's it. Yeah, Foursquare. No, I'm kidding. Do I have Foursquare? I don't even know what that is. You know what I mean? Well, it, it, it used to be um, an awesome app where you use the check-in, and, like, you check into places, and you get points for it. And, like, a bunch of your friends, like, would, me and my friends back in the day would play yeah. it. And it became sw- like, it's split off into two now apps where Foursquare is like a Yelp and Swarm is like basically the game that you play where you have to check into places, you get points or whatever, and then you become you can become mayor of a place. Jeez, and you need <laughs> extra points and like, yeah, it's it a fun app game. Uh, <laughs> become a mayor, holy crap! And you get like twenty points, and so like <laughs> weekly board and shit like twenty that. points to become a mayor. Well, hey, yeah, you get extra twenty points, and then you get like a first time special uh, check in. Yeah, it was a fun thing. <laughs> I okay. But I'm, I just went on a weird I gotta, tangent about. That. I gotta look that up. <laughs> I'm also sleep deprived today. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and uh, if you want to see the older stuff, um, Lazy Eye Productions. Okay, that's L E Y Z E Y E, and then okay. Productions. Yeah, I, I made that mistake many times where I put lazy as an L A Z Y. I know a lot of people did, but no, it's L E Y Z E Y E Productions. Yeah, so you can look that up on on uh, everything YouTube and Facebook and. I think Twitter. <laughs> it's been so long. I don't know. Shout out. Hey, Shane, if you're listening, shout out to him. Shane, I, hope, I hope you're listening because I kind of want to get you on the podcast, Shane but I don't Nicholson. know if you're if you're still acting, so I need to talk to you. Somehow. Know, somehow. Facebook. Right. Facebook, I'll talk to you. I'll reach out to him, yeah. and, I'll, and I'll have him contact you. Yeah, definitely have him That's contact That's if he even answers me. I haven't heard from the guy in a minute. It's, I think he moved. Didn't he move to like some San Francisco or something like that? He was saying, I think last time I talked to him, 
which was a long time ago. Which he I, did? Oh, God. I thought I, again, he was. I haven't talked to the yeah, guy. I haven't talked to him. But I will get in touch with him, or you can get in touch with him, and we'll both get in touch with him, or you guys can get in touch with him. <laughs> I don't care. But thank you, George, no, so much, man. I appreciate you. It's been a great podcast. I really I was looking forward. I look forward to every podcast, and I was looking forward to this one a lot, too. Uh, <laughs> Likewise, I appreciate it. So, again, even guys. Though the Go, even though the GoPro was uh, yeah, you know what? not our friend. I got to figure that out. So, guys, the video for this will not be up probably for this one. Or maybe just snippets, just so you guys can get teased a little bit to know. <laughs> Um, what I want to do in the future. So uh, again, guys, thank you again for listening, and remember to uh, remember to subscribe to the podcast. We are on Spotify, Google Podcast, Anchor, the Apple Podcast, and Stitcher. Also, we have a Patreon page if you want to be a part of that. I got great plans for the future of this cast, which, as you know, we were doing right now today, which was with that GoPro Max, and. I can only do it with the love and support of my frame chasers. Hashtag frame chasers. Okay, guys, thank you again, and have a great day, month, week, year, whenever you listen to this. And now go out and chase those frames. Yeah. Peace. Later, guys.